four, three, two, one. Alright, hello, welcome, bienvenue, konnichiwa, it's time for the Arms Inquisition yet again, episode 174 on the 7th of March, I'm Armish Phil, I'm Armish Ben, and I'm Armish Matt, and uh, tonight we've got Robbie from Out of the Blank podcast joining us, how are we doing Robbie? I'm doing alright, but you just made me feel like an amateur podcaster with that amazing intro. I thought that was edited in. Like, after you got done, I didn't know it's live on the show, man. I gotta step up my game. Yeah, we do everything. We, uh... Yeah. It's editing, you see. In fact, it's laziness. I don't like (laughs) editing. So if I can do it all in... If we can do everything in one take, then all I have to do is make it an MP3, and then it. That's it. It's out into the ether. That's... That's my motto for when I go to the grocery store. I make sure I can take it all in one trip, and whatever doesn't come in on the first trip gets stuck in the car. I learned to take the ice cream first. <laughs> Good uh, tactic, that. Yeah. Uh, what's it like? What's grocery shopping shopping like where you are compared to how it was twelve months ago? Is there like um, we've got like traffic lights above the entrance and stuff, like green? You're allowed to go in. <laughs> Yeah, you, you don't believe. Think when people are going through the uh, the aisles with the shopping carts, it is kind of like driving a car. But some people don't know that. Some people just stop in the middle. Actually, it is like driving a car. Never mind, because people stop in the middle of the thing. And you're like, I need to get to the 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 corned beef over there, and the woman's stuck staring at coupons or whatever, looking at the side thing, and then she starts striking up a conversation with the grocery store clerk who's covered in tattoos. I mean, his eyes are even tattooed. I'm like, that's why you work at Walmart, sir. <laughs> Do they have like uh, we've got stickers all over the floor saying two meters, keep two meters, and it's like stickers out of the vending machine that cost twenty five cents. Nobody listens to those things. I think in a grocery store, everyone at this point is just doing what they want to do, and it's just like normal. I mean, nobody talks to each other. Everyone uses self checkout and pray to God some dude doesn't ask you, uh, uh, "Do you know where this is?" I'm like, I don't work here, man. I, I, what, it, what am I wearing that would show you? I'm wearing an Adidas hoodie. And you think I work at Walmart. Like, I don't know. Sometimes people don't really care what they wear. And I'm like, okay. Got the Johnny Depp confidence. Thank you. What state are you in, Bobby? Maryland. Maryland. Is that in the middle? It's it's all the way east as far as you can possibly go. It's right <laughs> below Delaware, which was the first state. Oh, right. And I only know that because they say we're the first state and we don't do taxes. I'm like, you're a good pe- <laughs> oh, God, people. Just froze good people. So what are the sort of restrictions like there? Because there's a lot of variation. We've heard Texas have, have started lifting everything now and uh, a couple of other states. Is it still quite hardcore lockdown in Maryland? Not too F- much. Uh, FDA over there, isn't it, in Maryland? Uh, that FDA is a question. HQ's over there. That's a question for another Marylander because I don't know a whole lot about the FDA, but... I know our regulations down here, I think people just got fed up. I mean, the first couple months it was pretty serious, but I work at a gym. So, I mean, basically if you come in, you have to sign like a waiver or something. You have to wear a mask when you're walking in between sets. But when you're working, I think at this point, nobody gives a shit, dude. I've seen our showers are open. Like what, what are, what are we doing here? You got to wear a mask to prevent COVID, but I can see a naked man in the middle of my gym 
just toweling off in front of everybody while I had this strange thing happen. I went to, the, I hate going to the bathroom at work because every time it doesn't matter if I wait till the guy leaves, there's always a naked old dude in there every single time. So I'm going to the bathroom and I don't know what it's like in your guys' family, how like you close you guys are, but there was a dad in there on a cell phone ordering Chinese food while his 17 year old son was standing there. And his son's like, get more noodles. I'm trying to use the restroom. And there's just an old naked guy in the middle of the gym, just toweling his head off, just going like that. I'm like, this is the weirdest thing to me. I've never been that close with my family where I would want to order Chinese food while an old naked guy is sitting in there. I'm just, and it, it, it doesn't even stop there, man. It goes farther and farther to where I start questioning what is life anymore. <laughs> I think once you get to a certain age, you stop giving a shit about things like being naked in a changing room. Do you, would you agree? Yep. I'm glad yeah. I haven't hit that pinnacle yet. <laughs> Maybe it's a father thing. I think we're all dads, um, and you just give less of a shit, basically. <laughs> well, it's crazy because like we were, uh, we had a storm happen, and then our cold or hot water was like not working, so it was just cold water. And he took a shower anyway, and he warned one of the older guys that were coming in. He's like, "Hey, uh, hot water doesn't work. Just a heads up." And he goes, "Just like the war," and then goes right into the shower. I'm like, "What is happening? <laughs> I can't. I don't under. I, I need to." Sit down and take a breather, but not in the bathroom because you guys don't know how to cover yourselves up. What fucking war? Vietnam? <laughs> exactly. That's the biggest uh, question. I'm pretty sure he was, I mean, he's probably old enough to be in one of those wars. <laughs> well, Vietnam was like late 60s to 73, wasn't it? It ended. He so, might be in the one before that. He looked like he was about 110. <laughs> the Korea. I'm pretty sure he just shows up to use the shower, too, because I see him, like, work out for five. He does stretching, and then he goes right to the shower. I'm like, did you work out? He's like, yeah, I had a good routine in, cutting it short today. I'm like, compared to yesterday, you were only in here, like, a minute longer. What is the, um, these older naked guys, what's the pubic situation? I'm not looking. Oh, <laughs> Okay. When I see a naked old ass, I do not want to know what's behind that curtain, my friend. I try and walk away as fast as possible. I just wonder if uh, if older gentlemen just let it go down there after a certain age. Never know. It's like a like a, a blacky gray blur fuzz. It looks like when uh, you cut something off circulation and it just goes purple. <laughs> It's just death. Like, there's just a black, like, you know, the sensor bars? That is literally what happens to you when you get to that age. It's just natural sensor bar. It's because it's so dark, you can't see past it, like the forest of Avalon or whatever you want to call it. Okay. I think that clears that up. Write that down. No, I was just going to say, going back to, like, um, when you're saying, uh, we're talking about COVID a little bit, it's sort of, points out the, the craziness of the things at the moment. We mentioned in sort of like the traffic lights going into the supermarkets here. Um, but then, you know, as soon as you go into the store, it's just like chaos. So you go down an aisle and there's like five people across it. And you have to squeeze past people. Um, and it just sounds like it's the same in, in your gym as well, where they say, you know, you've got to wear a mask in between your things, but then as soon as you start working out, you can take it off. Yeah. I didn't have too many problems with like, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of everything getting shut down because I knew business owners that like committed suicide during it because they lost their business and stuff like that. So that's why I wasn't pro lockdown, but I had a, um, the weirdest thing happened. I'm like the only person I know that buys animal crackers. Like that's just a child snack, but I eat it because I can do whatever I want. Cause I'm a man. Um, 
but they were out. And I was like, this is like the one time in history that I guess during lockdown, people were like, well, let's just get animal crackers and start enjoying those. And then the weird thing was the elderly, they didn't go grocery shopping. So they had someone do it for them. But the hard candies were finally in stock after probably generations upon generations of being out. Like there was just this, they couldn't make it to the store to pick them up, but the animal crackers. Now, I just figured out they were iced like not even a month ago. I was like, they got iced animal crackers, bro. That changes the game up. I'm telling you, man, saltines and animal crackers are my go-tos. We don't we don't have animal crackers over here. Describe an animal cracker to UK listeners. <laughs> it's in the name. Um, it's a cracker that's the shape made of, of animal. an animal. <laughs> yeah, what animals is it made of? Uh, lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. <laughs> Excellent. Fuck. So it's that simple. I thought there would be like, that's all it is. It's just a marketing thing. It's just a standard dry cracker in the shape of an animal. Yeah, just like, you know, goldfish. They're think, goldfish. I think the equivalent here is the Cadbury's mini animals. Oh, the wildlife bar. Uh, oh, no, no, the biscuits. Yeah. We have uh, safari snacks. That's which... way better than animal crackers. Yeah, but they're that not crackers. better. The biscuit, though, the chocolate-covered biscuits. Yeah, well, I think I think that's what these are. It's just you know he's he's using an incorrect English term, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I think I think you're conflating crackers with biscuits. Is what I'm saying. Oh, oh, oh yes. So yeah. our biscuits are not biscuits over in America. Are they? You, um, you have them with gravy. Yeah, they're more like dumplings. I don't know what household or what Americans you've been talking to, but I do not <laughs> eat biscuits with gravy. I like a nice sausage, egg and cheese, McMuffin or biscuit. The smell of that thing. You can put <laughs> that in a candle. <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. A biscuit is sweet over here. It's got it's yeah, made with yeah. sugar and butter and a cracker. A cracker is, is savory. Yeah. That could be true where you're from, but I'm across the pond, my brother. It's not that at all. It's something com- we would talk about. That'd be more of a cracker, but I get it because I like a lot of, uh, I would say, British foods, to be honest with you. My buddy's, yeah. uh, he, his dad's from London, and it was it's just a weird scenario, like seeing him grow up in that whole different environment, like you're living with his dad most of the time. Like they smoke in the house. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Like in my, my mom smokes <laughs> in the car, and I can't get a damn breath. You know what I mean? Like but. He's in the house just chilling on his couch, smoking a cigarette. I'm like, I like that a lot better. You know, be open about your shit. Is that, is that the main dietary difference is that he smokes in the house? No, there's a lot of – he's very honest too. And when I mean honest, I mean brutally honest. He's like, that's your uh, third breakfast when I was a kid, and it just made me feel like shit. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend smoking in the house. You know, I'm a smoker, and I'm the only smoker in my household, so I – I did smoke in the house when we first got it before we had kids. And then when we had... Did you? Yeah, I seem to remember, yeah. Right. And I smoked... Yeah, I remember smoking in your back room one boxing day. Yeah. Back in the day. Uh, but you realise when you start smoking outside that it just, just fills the fucking room. It's not good. It's um. It's pretty obnoxious. Why, why is smoking cigarettes in the house bad, but then people smoke weed in their house? I don't understand. That stinks way more. Well, that's a problem over here because marijuana is illegal in this country. So uh, people, no one smokes weed in their, their house. Oh, we're going to be putting points on the board. One for America right there. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even partake in that one. I, uh, when I was cleaning out my uh, grandma's house, I found her edible. And I was like, fuck it. 
why not? And I took it and I don't recommend it. That's the scary type of high I never want to experience in the world. Uh, just saying, um, I edited a podcast episode where the person was from Beijing and I swear to God, I was, when I listened to it the next day, I was hoping I did not mess up while editing it because I was, I don't even remember editing it. Like I was way too big, like to a point where you're like, yeah, that's too much. How long did it last for? I don't know. I, I had to go to bed. <laughs> I was like, I need to go to bed and this needs to get like out. But the next day you could feel like a little bit of that, like after effect of it. Like you're like, I still feel kind of high. Have you heard that 911 call of those two police officers and uh, they go to some house and um, they find, oh, that was it. They were, they were police officers and they'd done a, uh, they'd found some edibles in a, in a perp's house, or whatever, and taken them home and taken them at home. And then they had to call nine one one because they were they were they were losing it and they were panicking and thinking they were going to die. <laughs> Say, send help, please. So basically, tore on himself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, for, by uh, I mean, I wouldn't know because I don't put, partake in anything like that. But from what I've heard, it's a very different experience. It's. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big weed guy. I mean, I support it just because I've seen so many benefits come from it. Like when it comes from like elderly people with like severe like Parkinson's or something. But for some people, I don't think it's for everyone. For me, I feel like there's a small percentage of the population that's allergic to it. I think that's me because like you like if I if I smoke, I'll go pale white. And I'll just straight up like, I mean, it looks like I'm about to like vomit. Like I just like, <laughs> I, like are you okay? And I'm like, I it just you start I just get sick to it. I don't know why. It's not because it's too much. It's just I think there's just some people that just it just doesn't act well with their system. Uh we we yeah. call that pulling a whitey over here. Yeah. And pulling a whitey. A whitey, yeah. yeah. And it's usually something that happens when you first start experimenting with... So I've heard. Well, the other thing as well is uh, apparently a lot of people smoke weed when they're drunk. So that increases the chances of you not having a good reaction to it. You don't want to mix a bunch of different alcohols together because it's like... It's like a, I think I, who's that one? Jim Brewer had a joke that your stomach was like the club and your esophagus is like the bouncer. Once you start letting a bunch of people in, you start getting like a whole bunch of people that don't mix well together. The next thing you know, everybody's being evacuated because of a fire alarm. Yeah. Or even worse, rather than the esophagus, there was that craze a few years ago of people, uh, kids, college kids, um, putting alcohol up their rectums. With tampon, and it's incredibly dangerous because the the usual way you drink. Mm -hmm. Ben, you must know about this. How's it work? Um, It goes in your belly. Well, Uh, no, it's there's a protection. It doesn't go into your bloodstream straight away. It goes down through your digestive system. Whereas there's more, there's more um, blood vessels and stuff around your your arsehole. That make makes the uh, makes it quicker for the alcohol to get into your bloodstream. Is it not also as well? You know, if you pour an entire bottle of vodka into your arse, you're not going to throw that up unless you you know shit it out. No. No, I'm learning no a lot there. from the Amish Inquisition. I got to start writing some shit down. Step up my game. Holy shit! <laughs> start taking notes for fuck's sake. Yeah, there was um because Google I know is ban- it's banned in Australia for just like they're blending search results. You can't find certain things uh, when you search something up because there's paid partnerships and all that. But uh, 
when a woman tried to Google what happens if you stick a tampon up your ass that was soaked in alcohol, she couldn't find anything. So then she made her own article was like, well, so I couldn't find anything. So I decided to do my do it myself. And I'm like, this crazy person just decided, hey, since I can't find the result for it, let me be the pioneer of this and fucking experiment. Wow, that's pretty wild. I didn't know about that, about Google being... Um, and, and now I'd heard recently about the Facebook scandal in Australia. I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, Google started uh, that whole movement. Australia actually... So what was happening was Google has paid partnerships. Um, so when you type in a certain whatever, they'll show you whatever they're connected to or whatever gets them money or revenue or whatever first. And then you have to go through like 50 pages to find the like clear results. And the biggest thing of an issue was that it was blending like politics type stuff i would say when it comes to like um there was a doctor that got the covid vaccine and he died from it which is it's gonna happen there's a small percentage of the population that that might experience something like that i mean it's like that with any vaccine but they weren't showing the result they were hiding it they kept it way at like the last page on the thing and they weren't showing that result first everything that they were showing is that the vaccine works and everything is because they had a paid partnership with that and then now they have this app called duck duck go which will show you everything because they don't have any paid tied partnerships and stuff. But it's like the same thing. If I looked up the Amish inquisition on Google, I might get something that they're paid partnership with first, such as like an Apple podcast or such as a stitcher rather than seeing your YouTube or seeing something else is whoever's paying them more money is going to be the first result, which ends up, I guess, kind of not really gatekeeping certain things, but it also makes things that are harder to find, which eventually just kind of dulls intelligence. Yeah, online censorship is becoming a, an increasingly uh, important thing, particularly with YouTube. I mean, are you having, are you finding that you're sort of self-censoring at all during your podcast? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Like people say, cancel culture is fake, but I don't. I mean, yeah, I've had a, a heavy debate on someone on an episode saying cancel culture wasn't real, and I'm like, fucking explain Bill Cosby. Like, tell me that one. I was like, oh, well, it's not like they're ever going to pick him up for a movie again. I'm like, I want to know the fucking person that's going to pick up Bill Cosby for a movie unless it's a documentary of how he did it. Same thing with OJ. Like, I don't see him starring any more naked guns. But, you know, it makes sense because you, you, you'll you get picked up for something else. But it's just all the severity of everything. But everything now is cancel culture this. You say anything, I just crack jokes at it now. Like, uh, you know, I'll say something like probably the Fruit Loops guy. He might, you know, the Toucan Sam, he's probably racist. I don't know. Just start saying shit to say shit. Eventually, it's going to get so crazy. People are like, that can't be true. You're going to look like a conspiracy theorist where people just leave you alone like Alex Jones. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think it's becoming a real problem. We know people who've had the YouTube uh, channel taken away from them uh, just this week. Jamie Deluxe got banned, got a permanent ban. I think he had 30,000-odd subscribers. I've be- only been banned off one platform that was facebook that was only for 24 hours but that was because i posted an episode they didn't like the content from it this is what i mean so i mean it was it's you can't ban that episode though because it's not like i I was able to come back on but they just like made it hard for you to click onto it like go to the youtube you actually have to search it up it was a freemason episode and i'm like that's fucking i had a freemason on my podcast to talk about it you can't ban something that's an actual legit thing but they were like had something that was offensive to the community i was like of what (laughs) experiencing what we're living in a average day cult like that's that's a cult freemasons are it's a 
bunch of people, usually fire department people, at least where I'm from, get together, go bowling and do these weird types of hangouts and rituals and old type like it's like a fraternity. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder, I wonder if there's a couple of different levels to Freemasonry. I think on the surface it is there's a lot networking, and it, it's mainly tradesmen, builders, joiners, plumbers, and they network and they get each other jobs and recommend each other. Um, well, the I, person I had on, he was from the UK, and he works at one of the great lodges down there, and he was telling me all the levels. He actually runs one of the main lodges, but he was talking about there's different types of Freemasons, not just levels in the one Freemasonry thing, but there's average Freemasons. There's the uncommon practice of Freemasonry where you worship the spells and do all. I'm like, that's the one I would want to yeah, go to. Spe- speculative Freemasonry, it's called. Yeah, I was like, why wouldn't you want to do the one with all the spells and rituals and get to stab a chicken? Like, that sounds a lot more, like, fun than going half-off bowling night. I'm like, oh, fucking great. I'd rather be, like, worshipping, I don't know, Jesus or Tom Cruise. I wonder if they filter out, you see, if they filter, if there's, like, a streaming system involved in Freemasonry and if you if you show yourself to have a an aptitude for the speculative Freemasonry, then the doors are open for that path. Uh, I, I, you said, uh, I thought you were saying like like an OnlyFans for Freemasonry. <laughs> it's a whole other streaming service. I like this. Have you got an OnlyFans, Robbie? I wish. I'd probably be making way more money than this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Do you actually, like, do you have a Patreon or anything? Do you do donations? Yeah. I don't ever want to charge for my content just because at one point I thought nobody would ever want to hear me talk. And then so kind of keep that mentality. Plus, too much of the world is expensive as shit, man. I see some of these Patreons like $50. I'm like, what the fuck are you offering in that $50 that I can't get just listen to you? Who pays for shit anymore? Only thing I pay for is Dragon City on my phone. If you fucking toss 120 gems my way for $2.99, you bet your ass I'm buying into that shit. <laughs> Yeah, we have the same philosophy. We operate the value-for-value value system. You know, if you find it valuable, we have a PayPal address and you can send us a donation. And we and we sell merch. But other than that, yeah, we don't... I don't like the idea of putting things behind paywalls or, or uh, using I, corporate advertising. I do sell merch, but I make the price so low on Teespring that I don't, don't benefit from it. Yeah, so we're the same. Yeah. I was like, just wear it. I don't care. You got my face on a shirt, bro. I put my face on joggers and someone was wearing it. I was like, I don't like that. I'm going to take that off. Yeah, they do leggings as well. We uh, we got we have a prototype praise Jabalon legging, don't we? That's never gone on sale yet. Um, oh, there's, there's a good reason for that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it might be US only. There's some things that, that Teespring do for the US, but they won't do for Europe or the rest of the world, some of the product yeah, ranges. They don't do, uh, I think... Australia, they don't have a thing to ship to Australia at all. Because mm. I have a few people in Australia that are like, how can I get a shirt? I'm like, I'm not shipping you a shirt. It's $85 just for shipping costs. I tried to ship my buddy a box of cereal in Canada. <sighs> and it was like $65, I think, to get to where he was from. I was like, bro, I was like, you just have to get like to Texas or whatever the hell you're fr- whatever's up there next to Canada. And somebody just toss you a box over the border. Cause I'm not freaking shelling out $65 to mail you some fruity pebbles. That reminds me actually going back to the, the podcast merch, our buddies, Darren and Graham from Grime America. They had, um, they had rather than they had a red bubble store for all their merch yeah. and, uh, it got shut down about a month ago. 
and for, um, what? for for what they were putting on the t-shirts they got their account suspended and they had to move to teespring okay it was I'm something to do with vaccines okay oh. that's not bad why why can't we have fun with it you oh. can put some person's ugly grandkid on their shirt and wear it why can't i crack a joke about the vaccine what what's the issue I don't know. It's because the people don't like what they're saying. It was the same with the YouTube. They're, um, they got a, another strike on the YouTube channel. And uh, it's funny, he sent me a screenshot of um, <laughs> the email he got from YouTube. Uh, well, said to me, to our group chat. And um, he changed his channel name from the America show. He changed his channel name to um, Fuck YouTube, Download, Odyssey and Rockfin. So then he sends a screenshot of this email from YouTube. Dear fuck YouTube, subscribe Rockfin and Odyssey. We're sorry to inform you that we we're giving you another community strike on your channel. I thought that's fucking genius, though. I tried to, because YouTube's doing advertisements for your podcast, so you could do like Google ads and stuff like that, so it'll All pop right. up when you're looking at the recent ones. I did that recently, and what I hate about these like ad companies is once you get your card on the file they won't get it off and it's like a very very long i just sit on customer support for like an hour and a half to get my bank card removed and i'm like i spent 30 dollars on an ad for a video you reviewed it and then said no so why are you charging me like if it's not running and they're like this giving me all this oh let me look at your account sir i'm like no, no just take my card off i don't you don't want to do the ad i'm like no i'm like what am i saying in that episode and then i realized what episode it was and i'm like okay yeah it makes sense you don't want that advertised because i said something that was pretty ridiculous and i think i mentioned it to you in our episode phil mm-hmm. what was it i can't remember now i don't know if i want to say it on here i don't want to get you guys canceled <laughs> it's fine it's good it's good for street cred how there was <laughs> you know there's still a large percentage of the uh population or whatever that does like you know the circumcision type thing and it's not really needed and i said there was a kid in 2006 that uh baby that died of herpes because a rabbi had herpes and transmitted it to the kid i said that and i forgot it was in the episode i sponsored as an advertisement youtube's like we're reviewing your channel i'm like shit i was undercover because no one knows who i am and the next thing i know i screw myself over by trying to pull out an ad yeah, the truth can be a dangerous thing. You know, unfortunately, that is something that does happen with this old... It was too funny. My buddy's, like, hardcore religious, so I just told him, he's like, shut up, Robbie, that's not true. I'm like, it is, and I Googled it, or he Googled it, and he's like, oh, my God, it is true, and his reaction was priceless. I mean, it was like when I found out Larry King was dead on an episode, the day it happened, two hours later, like, I was like, wait a minute, Larry King's dead, and the guy's like... You- you didn't know Larry King died? I thought you were making a segue. I'm like, don't fucking lie to me, man. And I literally Googled it and said two hours ago, and you just see my face, like, drop. Like, I mean, oh, my God. He's, a, like, an institution over there, isn't he, Larry King? What's the, what's the name of his show? What was it called? I think it's, like, Larry Lecture? King Live or something like uh, that. Larry King Live. But, I mean, how, long's, how long do you think he's been on the airwaves? Continuously? I wasn't a fan of Larry King, so I couldn't tell you. Probably, like, <laughs> 80 years. The man was old. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those guys who's been around forever. Yeah, you kind of see in some of his, like, he had an interview with Tom Segura on there, and he was trying to say chocolate souffle, and he goes, socket souffle, and he's like, what'd you say? And they just morphed that and made it into a soundbite where he's like, socket souffle, and then people just made shirts about it, and then, yeah, I don't know what happened after he died. I think they took all that stuff down, but it was funny. I'm like, but you get to see it. Man, that man was old. He had five different wives. <laughs> Slow learning divorced five times i would say just couldn't find the right one i guess i don't know 
did they get progressively younger, his wives? Do you think? They look, they might, maybe that's why he looked like that. They were sucking the joy out of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, if only. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, we were talking about Applebee's and I chose Larry King as a great example of like, you see a Larry King picture on the wall. It's signed or something. There's always random shit at Applebee's wall or Outback or whatever. There's always like fucking boomerang hockey stick. It's like being at a thrift store. It's like you can literally anything you want is on the walls. Well, I didn't go with Regis cause I knew Regis was dead. And then I went to Larry King as an example. And then he was dead. And I was like, do I just predict death? What is happening? <laughs> you want to start a Deadpool? A Deadpool, yes. Who do you think is going to die this year, Robbie? This calendar I don't want to do that. Oh, go on. It's like a, it's like a hex. Surely <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe you have. You actually have this power. I, I honestly, you can convince anybody of anything. If you can convince someone to be religious, I think I can convince myself that I can hex people that way. By you, Matt. Who would you? Who been top of your Deadpool for twenty twenty one? Oh, easy, Prince Philip. Oh. That's not fair because that's like that's a cheap shot. That man's basically <laughs> dead already. Yeah, I think he really has been a corpse for ten years, hasn't he? But <laughs> I someone felt who so is sad when I saw his picture, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the the black that was under his eyes. That's the black on on we we're talking about with the sensor bar on the old man's crotch. That's what it looks like. Just pure death, no circulation. I, I feel like at this point, it's just wires holding. Him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I, I think that's unfair. I don't think you can pick someone who's actually in hospital, <laughs> close to death, close to death. He's been close to get death for three decades. Now, uh, if you guess the day and time, then I'll be impressed. No, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> who's the other one? Uh, David Attenborough. Then, oh, good shout, good shout. He's like, he's is he not mid nineties as well? Mm. Yeah, easy. Is he is he well known in the states? David Attenborough. I've never heard of him. <laughs> Say that's a no. He's like a wildlife a, guy. Yeah, he's a he's a very famous naturalist, and he's he's done wildlife docu- documentaries for what fifty years, maybe more. More, I think. Yeah. Is he the one that when he talks, he says like they were sitting on a pile of wubble? I'm like, why? You're doing a nature documentary talking about trash island, and you can't even say the word properly. How are people going to take you seriously? Uh, so I don't think he. Uh, I don't think he has soft R's, does he? That sounds like Jonathan Ross. Is that the term soft R's? That is, I'm going to start using that. I don't know. I, I made it up, I think. It yeah. might be. Yeah, that, that is a, an expression. I'm sure it is. Is it soft R's? Soft R's. Wobble. Soft R's. <laughs> That's what you get from putting a tampon up your ass. <laughs> a, a soft ass, yes. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah. So David Attenborough, Prince Philip. Do you want me to name any any more old people? You know, I'd struggle with the world of celebrity. I'd struggle to think of, like, three old, famous people, I think. I'm going to say John Travolta. Ooh. Only because he just left this Church of Scientology, and I'm like... Yeah, yeah I'm did. like, yeah, he did after 30 something. He's, he's now shaved his head and everything. I'm like, Ooh. I don't think you just leave. I think they have some other stuff that you have to, like, give me your kidney, and then you can go. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to Google that, and we'll see if we can contact these people and get him on the podcast. Is yeah. this a, is this a recent development, Robbie? Yeah, I don't know. It came out like a month ago. Really? 
I saw it on one of those tabloid magazines, so you might want to check the information if it's true. <laughs> I mean, most people who leave the church end up yeah. like writing a tell-all book and yeah. then being pursued legally by the church for years, year after year, don't they? It's usually quite I made, acrimonious. I made the mistake of letting in a flat earther, and then now they keep contacting me on different pages on Instagram asking me about the – it's like Jehovah's Witnesses. They won't go away. I'm like, can you stop? I, I don't have the time to look through. And they're all under weird accounts. Hydraulic pen, remember, Phil? We talked about that, that a hydraulic pen account. They go into this weird acronym, and they're like, we're flat earthers. I'm like, but you're – you're showing a very stylish pen. I don't under your page is not what you're saying you are. How can I trust if this is true? Wow, that's weird. We we had the king of the flat earthers on in January. He was good fun, yeah. wasn't he, David yeah. Weiss? David Weiss, yeah. He's, he's like a well, he's he is. He's the king of the flat earthers, isn't he? He's got he's, a, yeah. he's got the, he's the flat earth king. He has the if app. You, if you had to <laughs> yeah. pick an idea or a conspiracy that you find is not true, probably the most bullshit, which would you say? Royal lizards. <laughs> You're going straight for Anunnaki, Ben? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what, what What exactly is that one? Lizard people uh, inside uh, okay. the skins of... of uh... We're talking about Hillary Clinton types. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, popularized by David Icke, wasn't it? He called them me. I'm going to butcher it, but didn't he sort of intimate that they were shape-shifting lizards? The people, yeah. like this small cadre of people at the top who were running, pulling the strings of the human did, race. Did he accidentally, like, see somebody blink sideways instead of up and down? Like where the yeah, eye was closed? Proper X-Files shit. <laughs> It makes, I, think, I guess there's logic behind it, but I just I can't get with that. It's like Hollow Earth. I talked to a volcanologist, and she's like, "That's the biggest bullshit I have ever heard." I could tell you I've studied the Earth's core, and it's not hollow. And I'm like, "Okay, I'm just checking. You know, I gotta make sure." Yeah, I think other uh, than flat Earth, I would say probably the moon landings is uh, one that I can't get behind. Thank you. I don't think the video. I think we didn't make. It there when we said we made it there we made it there a little bit later but it was an idea that we needed some we needed a win because we we're at war and i was like then we just did that plus i don't know listening to buzz aldrin he's been right about a lot of shit he predicted that there was water on the moon and an obelisk on mars i'm like everything he said has come true but the obelisk so i'm like we just hit mars i bet you were gonna find something did you ever watch the press conference that the three astronauts did when they returned to earth it's <laughs> It's absolutely bizarre. Are we talking about conspiracy theories we buy into? <laughs> is that your is that your noise, Ben? I've gone the opposite. Yeah. Which, that, where's my voice? No, just mute your thing a minute. It's you. We're picking up your big fan again. Yeah, it's either your big fan or you got a no, Roomba. It's got a Roomba. <laughs> Those things sound like engine turbines when they're unloading all the dirt that they've had. It sounds like it's going to explode. I'm like, I don't want that anywhere near me. I mean, the uh, is, isn't it a bit shit, the Roomba? Don't they need emptying like every 10 minutes? And they can't... I, I think they suck. Uh, oh, fuck. It's a... I think uh, we're fixing robotics in a way, but I want to go back to what we were thinking about back in the day in like 2009. Remember the eater machine? Nope. Mm-hmm. It was this AI thing that would go into battle, and what it does is it kills, and then it survives off eating dead corpses. 
Look it up. Look it up. It's a real thing. It, you probably heard about it, but you didn't know the name. Yeah. Uh, was <laughs> this a, a DARPA thing? Yes, DARPA, yeah. Yeah, the ones who made that robot that looks like a dog that they stole from Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, the eating, uh, yeah, the eating machine. I didn't know. What's it called? Is that what it's called? The Eater? It's called Eater. E-A-T-R. And then it's like it ergonomic advanced uh technology robotic system or something like that yeah why why would you make that thing yeah why would it survive off corpses <laughs> imagine a killing machine that survives off what it kills yeah no but that's amazing it, how, yeah, that's, that's mad a, max level shit how does it oh here we go cyclone waste heat engine mm-hmm. you just put a fancy sticker on it and a nice paint job and people will be okay with it the, the low program. price of thirty nine ninety nine. You can murder your whole family and have no evidence. Ugh. Yeah. So basically, uh, vegetation, and then it changed the biomass into fuel somehow. Right. So, is there any waste? Do you think? Is it like just spit out the jewelry and the gold fillings or something? <laughs> I don't know. He says the like you're panning for fucking gold. <laughs> chicken fat as one of its proposed fuel sources. Chicken fat, okay. Yeah, well, just human corpse. Yeah, that's not sinister at all. <laughs> that's awful, yeah. What's it, DARPA? De- Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. I think it stands for, doesn't it? Don't know. They make some crazy shit. Sounds like a load of shit to me. Sounds like fucking Skynet to me. Right? See, we stopped doing that, though. We stopped building AIs in fear that they would take over us, so now we just try and perfect the perfect human by implanting that technology inside of us. So like a Neuralink or finding ways to make the human race like a better species or fix imperfections in us. And I'm like, if we were smart, we would build an AI, not in the fear that it would take us over, but it would look at us like a sick grandparent and be like, they need to fix us. They need to try and find ways to perfect us because like we're their creator. They're like, let me help you since you created me. That's the positive hopes, but it probably is going to be like Terminator where they try and kill us. So I'm okay with not exploring that rabbit hole yet. Let's stick to Mars. I don't care. I'd rather discover uh, our oceans or our human mind first but if you want to go ahead and stick a chip inside of your head that's okay i mean not too long ago we were worried about cell phones exploding in our ears i'm pretty sure a chip in your brain has no side effects to it whatsoever i think it's just a matter of time isn't it the whole transhumanist thing i was thinking about it the other day i don't know whether i've said this before but there'll, there'll, there'll come a point where artificial legs are better than human legs Oh, and yeah. sooner or later, some guy is going to say, get rid of me legs. I want the Iron Man legs. That's that's like the Futurama fear, man, is like eventually people are going to be like, well, I have a perfectly working arm, but I could do it would be better if it was robotic. And then you got Mr. Go-Go Gadget, whatever his name is, freaking run around punching grandma on the face because she's in the living room and he's in his bedroom and he can retract his fist all the way down to the freaking living room. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Yeah, Inspector Gadget. What did I say? Go-Go Gadget? Isn't that what he says when he does his whatever? Go-Go Gadget, Egg Whisk. Yeah. Yeah, that's something we grew up with. Mm. I remember that vividly from the 80s. I saw the movie with, uh, what's his name? Um, Yeah. Roderick. Who's the guy that... Yeah, but who's the guy? What did he play in the one movie? You're using his actor name. I want to use his his movie I know him as from... Harry Spuler? 
Ferris Bueller, that oh, son of a, that, he was an inspector gadget. He had a go-go gadget helicopter head, go-go gadget umbrella out of the ass, and then all these things. <laughs> I was like, it's amazing. It'll never rain. Do you remember what the dog was called? There was a dog? Oh, yeah. Brain. Brain, yeah. Brain. Yeah, and the, <coughs> the, the daughter, the niece, rather, was Penny. Penny, yeah. And the bad guy was Baron Greenback. No. <laughs> claw, wasn't it? The claw, the claw yeah. I know he's actually uh, yeah, a metal hand, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then. Yeah, oh. the cat. That's so I could true. tell he was evil. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the weird sign of a bad guy in a movie is when they have a cat. I think just in general life. Where's that come from? Because that is a bit of a truism, isn't it? Are the dogs? Banded together and convinced us to uh, portray cats in a negative light in our media. Uh, oh, I think they just kind of pulled a question out to the audience and was like, "If if we could either suffocate a cat or a dog, which one would you feel more sad about?" And everyone's like, "I feel way more sad about the dog." Like, all right, cats are the enemy. Do you have a dog or cat, Robbie? I had a dog a while ago, but not anymore. I got to get another one though. I want to. Uh, there is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about cats. I, Why would you trust something that doesn't care about you? This is the thing. I I wonder <laughs> if they care. They don't. They don't at all. They will no. actually. I can't even say that about dogs because I've heard a dog eat somebody after they've been in their house for like three days. So I'm like, well, at least they wait three days. Like you wait three <laughs> days to call a girl. If a dog can wait three days to eat me, that's fine. But a cat's like, I don't give a shit about you. Like, eventually, it just looks at you like, you've been stoned on the couch for four days, and I haven't eaten. Like, get up. Like, you know, there's stuff to do. But I just, I feel more of a, I guess, there's more love or connection with a dog, because I think they need you more. Cats are look at you like, man, you need me. There is uh, anthropological reasons for this, isn't there? We have a very close relationship with canines that goes back at least 10,000 years. We used to worship cats, though, or Egyptians did. There's that godlike status from from however many years ago. Look, I've seen the movie The Mummy, and cats ward off dead spirits and ghosts, and that's the Egyptian way, I think, because all my Egyptian knowledge comes from The Mummy with Brendan (laughs) Fraser. Yeah, and there is this association with the occult in cats, isn't there? And cats being the familiar, and cats associated with witches and Halloween. There's a certain relationship there. It's the yeah. first, uh, we made a, uh, what's it called? Animal, or is it, I think it's called Animal Kitty or Surveillance Kitty, where they put a CIA uh, eavesdropping tracking device into the cat, and it was like, I think, $20 million into the cat, and it got killed the first five minutes of the mission because nobody understood that it's an animal, and it's, it's going to run out into the middle of the street, and it got hit by a taxi. <laughs> okay, hell. It was, like, it was a smart idea to have, like, a cat with, like, a transmitter, but it's, like, because you couldn't control a dog. A dog's going to be all over the place. Couldn't control a bird, but they had it in a cat, and this cat just ran out in the middle of the street after being released for its mission, and then it got hit by a taxi, and I'm, like, that's, like, it wasn't even $50 million. It was, I think, either, it was either two or $200 million. It was something where I was, like, that's a lot of money. <laughs> like, you know how many homeless people you could have saved with that amount of money, but instead, they're, like, let me put a you fucking... You trackers in homeless people. Yes. <laughs> They'd actually probably do it for free. Just give them a sandwich. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, animals. Uh, I'm thinking, didn't the Russians use dolphins at one point for uh, exploding mines? They yeah, they had uh, they use seals Ooh. too. Our navy does at least. They use seals for um, disarming missiles and stuff of that sort, like when underwater uh, yeah, or not seals. missiles, mines. Yeah, I've heard of them. The navy seals. Yeah, I've the navy of seals. Yeah. I like that. It's a good old dad joke. It's like I had a, I had a, I had a dad joke from WandaVision. Uh, have you guys seen it? I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it's safe. It's in it all. But the, I don't, I'm not sure these two have. Have you watched them all? I'm not going to watch it, so. Yeah, well, the last episode, there were two visions, and then I just looked over at my buddy. I was like, I'm seeing double vision, and he just looked at me like, <laughs> shut the hell up. Like, it was nice. like, the, it was a good dad joke. I don't even have kids <laughs> that I know of. I uh, I started my kids kids uh, proper education this weekend. Star Wars episode one yesterday, mm. Phantom Menace, and we did Attack of the Clones today. Did Don't like let it? them watch the new shit. That's not Star Wars. Yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you. I'm gonna make sure my buddy who does a Star Wars podcast listens to this because he's like, it's still Star Wars. I'm like, no, it's not. What is your uh, what's your big um, what are your big problems with the the last three films or whatever films uh, that I haven't watched more than two minutes of it? I mean, I I can't sit down and jam with it. I just it, there's something there that's lost for me, or I don't know if it's too much happening, or if it's like you ever watch a movie in a theater but you sit front row because you got late to the, the theater, then you have to just stare at the middle of the screen and pray to God something comes across your way so you can actually see it. Because if you go like this constantly throughout the movie, you're going to get whiplash and probably end up puking all over yourself. So I'm like, that's the, it's the new Star Wars. There's too much shit going on. I can watch The Mandalorian, but I don't. I feel like I'm so out of the realm now where I'm just like. Even playing the Lego video game, it's a fucking Lego game. It's meant for eight-year-olds and seven-year-olds. Why am, is it too damn complicated for me to play? Because you have to switch back and forth between different characters. You need this character to unlock this, but They're you get all, that character at the end of the level. I'm like, oh, my God, suck my dick and take the $40. All the Lego games are like that. My kid's got the Lego Marvel one, uh, the yeah, DC Marvel. one, and it's all this swapping character nonsense. But So have, have, you, watched, have you watched them all? The last three I've, Star Wars I've, films. I have not seen the newer ones. I've only seen the old ones. Really? So you can't I refuse. You refuse? Why? Because I don't... That's not Star Wars. Why? Because it's too, it's too new. It's too new? <laughs> it's like Sharknado. Eventually, after the fifth movie, you got to be like, this is enough. Did you watch... Um, is it Rogue One? No. Yeah, Rogue One. You haven't watched Rogue One. Now, I don't like the new Star Wars film, but I think Rogue One is the best of them. Think no. Rogue One's a good film? No. <laughs> I would give it a ch- I would give it a chance, Robbie. You might I'm I would only give it a chance because you said and also I learned something about Mark Hamill I never knew, which was that he got into a car accident and that's why his face was like that. But in the Star Wars films, in the in the movie, they had him get uh, they had the scene where he got uh, sliced by that wampa or whatever. That was to explain the car crash. So then you didn't question it later in the movie. I found out. I was like, I didn't even know that about Star Wars. That's awesome! Wow, that I didn't know. Cool. Yeah, if you look at his cheek, like you see, yeah. like the before picture and the after, his cheek is like it seems displaced. It seems like it's been broken or it's been moved over. And it was because he got into a car accident, messed up one side of his face, and they explained it by doing that wampa scene. And I was like, I didn't know that was. It was like same thing with Sylvester Stallone. I didn't know his face came like that from birth. It wasn't that a doctor grabbed him with forceps and then it pulled his face. I'm like, holy shit! I'm learning. I have so much more respect for those two people now. 
Yeah, one thing I don't like about the new Star Wars film is the way they treated Luke's character. I don't even want to know. No. <laughs> no, it's maybe redundant. I'll didn't tell you make what. I'm a bitch, did he? He yeah. was kind of a bitch in the first couple of movies. I was a fan of, uh, what would you call it, uh, uh, Liam Neeson's character, and then they killed him off, and then I was a fan of Obi-Wan. Yeah, uh, my uh, nine-year-old was visibly shocked when Qui-Gon <laughs> died yesterday. It's the first time he's seen it, and he watched it all the way through, and it's, it, I mean, it's pretty, like you said, about it being the new films being quick. Phantom Menace is pretty slow-paced It is for a nine-year-old. And he watched it all, and um, his favourite, well, he, he, I'll tell you what, he did, he, he is a fan of Jar Jar Binks, but we'll, we'll skip, we'll, we'll skip that, because he's nine, I think he's allowed. Okay. I'm sure I liked the Ewoks when I was nine, so we'll let him have that. But you yeah. like the Ewoks now? Uh, they're a bit of a fucking sideshow, aren't they? They're a bit I annoying. don't like how they get explained where they're like these little cute little like creatures on this planet. I'm like, no, they're fucking savages. They will <laughs> they remind me of apes. They're like they'll bite your fingers off. They'll bite your dick off. They'll bite everything. And they'll just kill you with rocks. Like they're literally pelting people with rocks throughout the movie. I'm like, those <laughs> things are badass. But uh, the lightsaber scene was definitely the highlight for him. And uh, well, I think, I think that probably that, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Darth Maul is probably the best duel, isn't it, of the, yeah. of the series, I would say. Well, technically. what about when um, Obi-Wan slices Anakin into bits in a background yeah. of lava? What else do you want? I mean, the thing is, is that we know how that one ends. Yeah, I suppose. When you first see it. Whereas I remember seeing the Phantom Menace, uh, you didn't know that Qui-Gon was going to die. No. Or Darth Maul was going to die. No. So, Do you see, I like that though, because it was a pretty good, like long fight scene, but I also don't like them too long. Like Mm. there's a movie with uh, Jackie Chan and uh, uh, it's called the Iron Mask or something like that. It has Arnold, the powerlifting guy. He's in it as well. But their fight scene is like, an hour and a half where you're like, at this point I'd be tired as shit. And then also like, it's just going on forever because they got two main characters and they can't kill one without somebody being upset or kill the other one without the other one being upset because they're two famous people that people are all rooting for. Mm. Like you don't want to see Jackie Chan die. You don't want to see Arnold die. So it's like this whole <clears throat> shift. And then they eventually team up after like an hour and a half of fighting. I'm like, so what was that bullshit? What was, I don't understand. I just wasted an hour and a half watching everybody fly around the room for 45 minutes or whatever. And then next thing you know, you guys are talking for 30 of it. It's like, okay, I just wasted my whole Sunday afternoon, but I'm okay. I'm going to rate it five stars and then just walk. <laughs> I mean, even the thing with the, um, the Darth Maul scene is even though it's not that long, it's cut and they go to other scenes several times throughout the duel. Yeah. I think that well, makes it, the thing that makes it for me is when is the force fields when Obi-Wan gets cut off and then he has to watch and he watches his master get killed and I remember thinking holy shit when I first saw it like it's just it's just killed your master and now you're on your own and you've got to deal with him it's like fucking hell wait till they bring back Darth Maul well there's a Darth Maul spider isn't there in some in some of the stories 
he uh he get he got brought back um in the Clone Wars the cartoon thing yeah they gave half of his uh lower half metal legs that got chopped off and I was just looking at it like I hope they bring Jango Fett back like please <laughs> like I know his head got sliced off but we can fix that right like pop it back on and twist it they teased uh, Darth Maul coming back in the Solo movie yeah I was just gonna say he was in the Han Solo film wasn't he just as a hollow projector yeah. But yeah, that was that was trash as well. The solo film, fucking hell, that was pretty bad, wasn't it? Yeah, you do feel like the just Disney are just trampling over all my well, childhood stopped, heroes, haven't they? They've stopped making them for a bit now. Have they? Having well, a breather, so I think they're focusing on the TVs. Well, there's an Obi One, I believe, from what I've read. There's an Obi One Kenobi TV show coming out, and a like one based on Rogue One with the character in Cassian. That. Yeah. The thing is, though, right, the Obi-Wan series, mm-hmm. I mean, is it not just going to be him tossing it off on Tatooine? He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. A large, a large part of it will be him tossing it off on Tatooine, <laughs> yeah, but um, I imagine there'll be side missions, won't there? Side quests? <laughs> yeah. Can I toss you out my Star Wars movie idea? Yeah. Go on then. So imagine that these people are on a shuttle or they're fighting in the war or whatever and they crash onto Hoth and they go onto this, you know, they're coming out of the spaceship, whatever, walking hang on, on Hoth. Robert, hang, on, hang on, when's it set? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Whenever the battle is, I don't know Star Wars lore. I'm sorry. I just, I have, I'd rather watch birds to be 100% <laughs> honest with you. I know it sounds bad or study cult stuff. I don't know. I like that. But um, when they crash on the planet, they're, coming across all these snowmen and they're like well look at all these who designed this some all these snowmen like they're just, they look like people they're like snow you know and like some dude sculpted it look real nice and they go holy shit like you know you know walking over to it making funny poses by it and just messing around and the one dude looks at it and goes it's so real and he goes like this and wipes the snow off the face and it's a person frozen and someone had molded snow around his body to make him like look like snowmen so they figure out there's a psycho person on this planet that is literally probably hunting them down. They start going like all crazy trying to survive and shit. But there's this dude that's been alone for so long that whenever someone comes there, he kills him and he puts him as like, that's a good idea, bro. Come on. Do you know who it is? It'll be um, Luke Skywalker's co-pilot. He didn't actually die when the A-Wing crashed. You forgot <laughs> me, you son of a bitch. He, he, he woke up 12 hours later and everyone, the, the rebels have gone. The Imperial forces have gone after him and he's just left there. I got that idea from the dude they found in the tree that still thought the war was going on like 37 years later. Remember that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Jap- Japan. Yeah. There was f- famous cases of um, of um, Japanese fighters in the jungle in the 1970s. Still yeah, thinking that's what the war. Yeah. That's, that's my idea is that's what yeah. the movie is. They left him there and he thought the war was still going on. So everybody that crashed, he kept killing and making it. And he got so lonely, he had a big people to talk to. So he would use these ice sculptures. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a good movie plot, dude. Come on. I just watched a movie yesterday about a bunch of kids trapped in the woods and they all had suicide vests on. And because there was a killer out there and they had to figure out a way to uh, get the vests off. And they, it turns out they had to keep killing each other. And the last one survived, get the vest uh, would stop it to explode or whatever it was. And I was like, that's oh, a, right. my, my movie's a way better plot than that piece of shit. What movie was it with the old Japanese? Was it subtitled? That was a real person. 
Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Battle Royale, uh, a classic Japanese bloodfest horror film. Yeah, that was from the 70s, wasn't it? Battle Royale? I think it was later than that. Was it? I think, I think it might be 90s, yeah. I'm running into Inspector Gadget territory. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, so... Tell us about Out of the Blank, Robbie. What episode are you up to at the minute? It'll be 721 in an hour. 721. Jesus. I don't know when you're posting this, so that's tomorrow. Today. Tomorrow, then it'll be, yep, it'll be 721. Holy shit. And you're doing, are you doing one a day? Yes. Um, How long? How long are the episodes? I don't know how long as I feel like talking. Probably they always go longer than an hour. So sometimes they're two hours, sometimes they're an hour and a half. I just set recording days. Oh man, um, we've run out of material in about ten minutes. I think. Well, I mean, the thing um, is, Robbie, you would be perfect. <laughs> I suppose part of the thing is, Robbie, you're getting different people all the time with different life stories and perspectives and stuff. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that's the best way to be is to kind of be open to everything. Even if a person, I had a one of, I don't know if he's going to want me saying this, but my childhood hero, Power Ranger. You know, he's a buddy of mine now, but he's been on a couple of times. We had a three-hour episode about Flat Earth because they found out he's a flat earther. He won't let me post it. Which uh, which Power Ranger was it? Did he play? He was the stunt man from 1998 to 2003, so he eventually played all of them. He actually probably had more screen time than most of the actual Rangers that got the credit for it. You see, I assume that the power in the stunt scenes, or the big battle scenes, were probably film, filmed in Japan. I don't know about that. With, like, Japanese actors, and that, and the, the scenes where they just had the faces showing, they used the American actors. No, a lot of the stunt uh, people, like, because he did a lot, probably a lot more, uh, I guess, camera time than they did because you got the helmet on. You don't know if who is under that. That's what I mean. But, uh, a lot of it were performers, like talented performers that did, like, acts. Like, he worked at uh, certain amusement parks, and he played the kid from Terminator 2. He did a lot of stunt performing for uh, so odd years before he got picked up doing the stunts uh, for the Power Rangers stuff. So a lot of that was just performers that he worked with were the stunt people, not Japanese uh, actors. Yeah. How did you find him? Just Instagram. <laughs> Instagram. That's how I find all my guests. I just find something. I just look up a hashtag and then I just keep going through. But I found him through an arm wrestling page because he's like a trying to be a pro arm wrestler. He runs like a whole gym about it and stuff too. And it's like I was like, damn. I was like, you can't just drop the Power Ranger thing all because I thought I was going to go into arm wrestling and then he dropped the Power Ranger thing. I'm like, hold the fucking phone. Are you telling me you're my childhood hero right now? And he goes, what do you mean? I'm like stand up and he's like stand up i'm like turn around and let me see your ass i need to measure it to the how many times i saw your ass on camera when i was a kid because <laughs> that's all you saw in the old power ranger flicks were like their ass or legs or some shit like that you never saw the like they would do a cut scene it's like when you see uh steven seagal's movies they're all shot from the waist up or the, the uh, neck up because he's too big on camera so it's like they just show him like a dude fly through a wall and he acts like he just kicked or something like that i'm like his foot i didn't know you just did cut scenes who uh who have been some of your favorite guests or unexpectedly favorite guests, you think? I don't really have a favorite. I mean, if you come back on my show, it means I obviously like talking to you. Yeah. So. 
kind of, I, I don't know. They all have something unique about each conversation. It just depends on where it goes. I've only think out of the 720 or probably I've done around 740 I've done, there's only been a few that I haven't posted. And that was just because of like certain things, like it, if they were upset about it or they didn't want to want it going up. Cause sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're talking, if you're a teacher, especially you say something that might be, you might feel, but you don't want to risk your job. So I understand that. Usually I try and edit, um, if they want me to take something out, like I've edited a two and a half hour recording down to 45 minutes because the person had extreme social anxiety where they would pause for like five minutes every time we would say something. And he felt so bad about it. I was like, I'm never going to make anybody look bad. So I will edit this podcast. I spent a whole day editing it down and cutting out every single pause, every single stutter. And I did it. And then he loved it, shared it to his family. His family messaged me and was like, that was amazing. Thank you so much. And I was like, yeah, I was like, that's why I do it is the feedback for it. I mean, I know it sounds corny and stuff, but like, I really add like love when someone messages me saying, Hey man, I had a really great time being on the show and it was fun just being able to talk. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of the point of the thing. I won't want to debate anybody about it. And that, that could re that could have really helped him as well, Robbie. You know, if, if someone has a, like a social anxiety for you to edit yeah. all that out and, and put that out and then he's gone and shared it to his family and people he knows that could actually be really cathartic for him. Well, he's a really talented writer, and he wrote a, a review about it, too, about being on it, and it was amazing to read. It actually brought me to tears. I'm like, oh, wow. damn, like, didn't know he actually felt that way about it. But then, you know, I've had a couple cases where, like, someone comes on, and they just want to debate or they want to do something. Like, I think the only argument out of all the conversations I had was about kids getting free lunches and I was in support of it. And the kid, the guy was like, no, kids should not get a free lunch. And I'm like, but you're a teacher, bro. Like you would think you would care about the kids. But then after like 30 minutes of going back and forth, I stopped myself and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're a private school teacher. So it makes sense you would feel that way because kids are paying a lot of money to go to these schools and getting like delivery pizzas to them and paying so much out of pocket because they have all this money. But in a public school scenario, free lunches. And he goes, I guess, but I don't know. I don't work in a public school. And I'm like, all right, well. Yeah, politics is a tricky, tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, you're best staying away from that probably. That's not what you're doing, you know. You're sort of exploring different people and their life experiences and what they're into. Yeah, it's also, it's conversation. So if you have a topic you want to bring up, just talk about it. Like someone goes, I did not like how that conversation went. I was like, you've steered it that way. Like, I don't just go, what do you feel about this? No, I don't say that. I'm just like, well, we start talking and you start going, I don't like where our economy is going right now. And just start going off about Trump or Biden or something like that. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to roll with you on it because it's conversation. It's like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to say my, what I think too. And then next thing you know, they're like, I don't want that released. I'm like, all right, well. They're like, maybe we can do another one. I'm like, yeah, why would I want to talk to you again for another hour if you're just going to say probably the same thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I was quite interested in the uh, the hot astrophysicist you had on. Was she, was she oh, from Lebanon? Dr. Serene Nemi, yeah. She she seems really cool. She's a good friend of mine. She's been on a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I might say. Space, bro. Space. That's all you can say. We love it. I mean, we like having experts on because it gives you a chance to sort of tap their knowledge and hopefully take something away from it, learn something. Would you like me to message her and ask if she'd be on your podcast? Yeah. 
if you find anybody on my guest list that you want me that if I still talk to, because there are some people, obviously I talk to so many people. Mm. Oh. I don't keep in contact. I try my hardest, you know, I try my hardest if like a birthday comes up or if they have something important going on, I try and stay in contact, but 700 something people eventually, you know, you're not gonna be able to be like, Hey, how's your day going every single day? So if you, if you, 700 messages in your inbox. Jesus. I would never get sleep. Um, but I mean, if you see somebody that I've talked to, I'm hundred percent more than happy to reach out to them. I always, I mean, I've gotten people from my podcast on other people's podcasts before I've started probably 10 podcasts that aren't my own and I've helped them grow farther than my show will ever be just because I fucking, I like helping, I guess. I don't know. I'm just, it's easy to do. I'm especially, I can give insight into someone else's podcast better than I could do my own. Cause my show has no structure. I don't know where to go with it. I'm at like a, it's the, it was the best and worst decision of my life. Cause I could talk about anything I want, but then that limits you to everything in the world. And that's like <laughs> surprisingly very, very hard to try and promote it anywhere. People are like explain the show. I'm just like, Google it. I don't know. I can't tell you what it's about. It could be about making clogs one minute. And then next thing you know, it could be to talk about, the economic deficiency in our country or some shit like that like it can go one way or another oh it's the beauty of it you don't know what you're gonna uh you don't know what you're gonna yeah. find out you know variety is the spice of life so um mm-hmm. hey we're also, rocking if mm-hmm. if you talk to papa john who's banned me from all social media platforms of his um i put his head on a on, uh, like i had him as a cult leader in an episode i talked about it so I made a shirt with him holding a pizza and it's somebody's head on it. And I sent it to him and now he won't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, obviously feelings going to have to be mutual just because I don't want to be the guy that's been blocked by Papa John. So I had to block him back. But, you know, if he ever wants to come on the show and explain all the killings that he's done, I'm more than happy to sit down with the man. Mm. Well. On that bombshell, we've, we've gone over an hour already, Robbie. We're going to have to rock on. Okay, I'm sorry. It's all right. No, it's, it's all right. It's been great. Good to talk to you again. Okay. And, uh, whatever yeah, whatever we're gonna, you want. We're going we're gonna, to uh, close out this section of the show. Because <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all night mm-hmm. talking about Star Wars. I have my nightlight set. If you want me to just to turn that on real quick, we can go all night. I'm good with that. You ever do a 24-hour stream? That just sounds awful to me. We've done a couple of like three-hour, three, three-four-hour three ones, and it's not. Yeah. yeah, it's not good. Eventually, you just have to make the awkward silence and be like, "Hey, I got to pee." Like it's got to happen like, now or never. <laughs> well, we'll sign off. Um, what? What do? You, what? Well, you want to promote the podcast? I'm out, good. Out, out of the blank. Go and uh, check it out, eavesdroppers. Check out our, our mate Robbie's podcast. It's good laugh. It's always uh, entertaining and funny. You're a funny guy. Now say that without the gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on the line for us, and um, we'll catch you in a flash. Good to, good to see you. Oh, link will be in the description as usual. Yeah, if you want to follow Robbie on social media and uh, Instagram, whatever, we'll put all the links there and uh, the link to the podcast. All right. Take care. See you in a minute. Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That's our chat with uh, Robbie from Out of the Blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, do check out the links in the show notes. 
You can follow him on Insta and Twitter and subscribe to his podcast. Mm -hmm. 700 episodes. Yeah, imagine that. I didn't even know that was was a number. He's going to catch up no agenda at this rate. What are they on? 1,300 and something. God, is that all? Is that all? Yeah. There are two a week, aren't there, no agenda? Yeah. So Robbie's catching them up five... Five a week. Oh, in a couple What's, of years. Rogan is oh, is he not on like thirteen hundred? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's in, it's over a thousand. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely over a thousand. I yeah. I wonder if he's still doing as many now. He's moved to Spotify. I think he's doing even more. Oh, is he? There's loads. Yeah, loads coming out. The uh, last one I listened to was the one with Brian Murarescu, I think he's called, the author of The uh, Immortality Key. I've not heard of that one. When was that? A, a while ago? Oh, it's months ago, yeah. It's the, and it's the only one I've listened to in over a year. Yeah. Uh, 1615, so he's 1,615. Wow. Yeah, don't know how long he's going to be with Spotify for, though. Why? What's happening? Well, it doesn't work, does it? In what way? Who who listens to podcasts on Spotify? Well, that's the whole point of getting him on, wasn't it? And paying him the golden handcuffs. Yeah, but they've yeah. got to sell ad, ad revenue. They've got to sell ad revenue to make it worth it. Well, it's not working for Spotify then. No. It's working for Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, it's working for him, but they'll, they'll, they might drop him. There might be a get out. I don't know. Three... I'll just go back to JRE, powerful, yeah. powerful um, dumbbells, whatever the hell it is. Uh, he's doing, he's doing four uh, or five, four or five episodes a week. He's doing. Maybe I should go back and check out some of his latest guests. I don't know. Peterson's been on recently, hasn't he? Has he? Right. I think so. Since he came <laughs> came back from the wilderness. Yeah, is he, he's got a new book as well, hasn't he? Beyond Summit. Beyond Order. 12 Beyond more order. rules for life. There's mm. someone I was listening to one there that was okay, was a bit shouty. It was Avi or RV Loeb. You're uh, talking about the, the, uh, he's the, he's the crazy scientist who thinks that the cigar, do you remember the cigar asteroid? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it says he thinks it's a spaceship. Or could have been a spaceship because it was such Ooh. a weird shape. Yeah, there was talk about this, wasn't there, when it came past that? There was mm. emphasis on its unusual shape. So, yeah, have, <laughs> that was quite interesting. But I couldn't, I've only listened to half of it because yeah. he's a bit shouty. And they're a bit long for me. Uh, yeah, some of them are. That one's, well, yeah, it's, it's probably about two and a half hours. Anyway, let's do some housekeeping. Okay. Housekeeping. 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 This is a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider returning some value. There are lots of ways to do this. Um, leave us a review on iTunes would be helpful. Buy some merchandise also. That's another one. This isn't a T-shirt that you can buy, I don't think. Ben is... Yeah, the current grape T-shirts are available. If you go to the um, 
Go down to the show notes to the Amish loot chest. There is a link there where you will find all the merchandise for sale. Put on your fucking muzzle face masks, current grape t-shirts, literally a communist hoodie. Yeah. You know. It's a lovely hoodie. Just washed it for the first time. How did it hold up? So I know where. Great. (laughs) (laughs) It's now my new dishcloth. (laughs) (laughs) It was absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. And you didn't get the top tier hoodie either. There are like oh. three tiers of hoodie. You can have the cheapo, the mid range, or the the uh, the sublime. <laughs> uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're putting all our podcasts on YouTube now, so uh, yeah. we need subscribers. So mm. please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, rate and review. Share us with your friends, your family, if you think they will enjoy it. Yeah. Hit people in the mouth. Tell people. Spread mm-hmm. the word. Uh, what did it say? What's it called? Um, that Man thing. spreading. Pardon? What? Man spreading. <laughs> word of mouth, that's it. That's the one. Word of mouth. Uh, advertising is the best. It works. Make it work for us. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, send us artwork. If it's 1,400 pixels squared, between 1,400 or 3,000 pixels squared, you can send us artwork and we can even upload that for that particular episode, which is pretty wild and it would be a nice thing to do from time to time. Send us links to uh, news articles that you find interesting, media clips, YouTube videos that you think are interesting that are unreported in the lamestream media. (laughs) (laughs) Send them our way. That's a good way to become a producer. What else? I'll tell you what, I thought of a new way. A new way to become a producer. Um, Jingle requests. Right. You could request a jingle if you have a personal favourite. Yeah. Oh, right, I see. Do you know what I mean? That's what they do on No Agenda. Or um, you could even, if you, you could come up with combos... Like we have, we I've got some combo jingles that I've spliced together. If you can think of a funny combo jingle that you yeah. would like exploiting, you know, uh, let's try, let's try this. I can't have children with a fucking vegan. That would be one example. Yeah, okay. you know, I, I've got a sort of a jingle that I want to listen to. I want oh. to listen to the Brexit jingle. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of redundant now, isn't it? Yeah. What about I this? Rock down to Brexit Avenue. Merkel's getting something. No, that was lockdown two. I was it, right? no. yeah. We're on lockdown yeah. three it's, now. I'm conflating. Was it the business Excuse time me. one? It was the Brexit one. <laughs> it's Brexit time. I know what you're trying to say. You're trying to say it's time for Brexit and it's Brexit time. Ooh. <laughs> what about Could this? People send in jingles they've made. Yeah. Ooh. Definitely. Happy good, isn't it? About this one. Uh, uh, an, uh, an alteration. I can't have children with a chest feeding. A whore. With a chest feeding <laughs> whore. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I got a special one for you, Matt, that you requested last week. Every time you drop that seed in, huh? 
drop that drops a seed in here. Drop that seed in here. I'm not sure that I requested that. You did? <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't like the putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Yeah, so that's another way, a new way to become a producer. I think I might require monetary donations for that service. Right. Okay. Um, How much for a current grape? <laughs> five pounds. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> All right, just for you. Current grape. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> uh, I think that is that all the producer stuff. What's the best way to become a producer? Tosses a fucking coin. Toss a coin to your Witcher, Old Valley of Plenty. Feces. Old Valley of Plenty. Oh. People have got to understand vaccination is going to be, to in the end, Witcher, your route to liberty. Because I'm literally a communist. Because I'm literally a... Feces. <laughs> I think you're hitting, hitting the point, Phil. Yeah, if you go to the armistinquisition.com, you'll find a PayPal tab there. If you want to set up a monthly donation or give us a one-off. Uh, I was looking on one of our buddies' podcasts. I think, which show notes was it? I can't remember, but there was a a podcast, and in the show notes, it had a list of crypto like addresses for different Ooh. cryptos. So I thought, oh, we need to find out how to do that for different you want one for F, different coins. Oh, if you need one for different, coming out of a wallet that, like, if I have a wallet. And I do. Here it is. I can put different kinds of currency in that wallet without having to buy five or six different wallets. Right. I don't. I don't know how it works. Maybe. I don't. You'd think that there would be a some kind of universal. We are. Uh, we actually have some crypto. Do we? Mm, library coins. Is it a shit coin? Uh, I'm going to have to start putting it in the show notes. We have an Odyssey channel now, which is a video platform. Right. It's where people go when they get banned from YouTube. And you uh, you earn library coins by having your videos on on, uh, Odyssey. So we're starting to get some Odyssey coins now, uh, light library coins. So you know. Right. I'm going to have to... Learn. It's free. <laughs> it's not cost anything. <laughs> Sign but. me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're probably worth about two bucks or something. <laughs> you know, but never mind. <sighs> anyway, let's thank the producers for episode one seven four. We have Nomi Noznodge, Gav Scott, Haste Dave, Anonymous, and everyone who bought merch this week. Thank you so much. You're so amazing in your love. Hang on. <laughs> Do you know, I'm a sloppy fucker. Is it that button again? No. They are, yeah, so amazing in their love. I've been coming to terms with the fact that I am chest feeding. Fucking vegan. Literally. The best mate. The dwarf, the currants, the grape, the homophobe, the wings, the uh, tosilizu map, the fucking vegan, the lion dog face pony soldier, the asna, the corn pop chunks, the number 11, the fleshy deposits, the blind man, the communist, 
on the horizon. The people and the mother. Money bickering! From like a judgment day and terminating mode like. Later on. <laughs> yes! I don't get it, never will. They are. Yeah. So, chest feeding. Amazing. And there. Chest feeding. Love. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. <coughs> yeah, read the standing orders, for fuck's sake. All right, should we do some uh, Rona news? If you let it rip, they would get infected very rapidly and soon be filling up your hospitals and, unfortunately, your morgues. Vaccination is going to be, in the end, your route to liberty. I wish we could vaccinate against stupidity. Uh, toss, toss Elysium, mum. In the same ballpark as seasonal influenza. From hell. Uh, the magic vaccine. It's not going to allow us to go completely back to normal. Because you're getting bored and you want to have fun. Read the standing orders. Read them and understand them. There's a big row broke up this week with the nurses, isn't there? We are we talking about the pay rise. Yeah, we had a budget this week, and the Chancellor of the UK, Chancellor of the Exchequer, Rishi Sunak, announced an incredibly generous arrangement for the nurses. Well, it's all like the entire NHS, though, isn't it? Not just nurses. It's, it's announced a 1% pay rise. Uh-huh. Uh, let's hear the BBC. Two unions representing tens of thousands of healthcare workers are warning of possible strike action after the government suggested a 1% pay rise for most NHS workers in England. It has been branded an insult and hypocrisy in its greatest form by healthcare workers, but the government insists 1% is all it can afford at a difficult time for public finances. Around a million other public sector staff, including teachers, the armed forces, firefighters and police officers, are about to have their pay frozen for a year. From Westminster, our deputy political editor... Yeah, they're not happy. No. I can understand why. When they've been through the mill for a year and they're having to work with... Uh, one of the biggest problems seems to be reduced staff because, you know, if a, if a nurse tests positive, she's got to isolate. For or he. He, yeah. Or he, yeah. Or a doctor or anyone who works in the hospital, they have to isolate and then... Yeah. I think I think some of the measures they've put in place as far as sort of segregating people as well, it's probably put a strain on number yeah. of beds and everything else. I think the other thing as well is that even coming before coming sorry before the pandemic there was I think it's something either one in 10 or two in 10 jobs uh sorry positions were vacant so you can't recruit nurses and they were like hemorrhaging staff anyway because nobody wants to do it anymore because it's too stressful mm. that's prior to the pandemic yeah so uh, it's a it's a funny one, isn't it? Uh, the rest of the public sector is get, having a pay freeze. Yeah, I mean the bit... teachers have worked through all this, haven't yeah. they? Well, most of them. Yeah, I mean some uh, of them have been at home and doing online teaching on the on the side for yeah. twenty thirty pound an hour. Oops. I think, <laughs> I think um, it's a bit. I I think it's a bit difficult to. Um, 
give everybody in the NHS a pay rise. I just, I, I work in the NHS and I would, obviously I want a pay rise. Yeah. Um, I think maybe there should be some way of, uh, I don't know how you do it though, rewarding people that have worked on a critical care unit or have, you know, worked extra hours. Maybe you just have to figure out a way to pay them the, the hours that they've worked. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand how it, I know there's this sort of banding system in the NHS mm. as well where don't don't they get don't uh, NHS staff get automatic pay rises based on years of service yeah so it's the 1% on top of that yeah right so basically what yeah. sorry go on I was just going to say is it like a corona bonus no, so, you know, so each year, what used to happen is there was used to be an increment every year, so you were pretty much guaranteed as long as, you know, you didn't do anything that was like gross misconduct or whatever, and you got fired. Um, and then you get a cost of living increase in your wage. So that's what the 1% is. Um, but now they've kind of changed the banding, so some bands you stay... So some increments on a band, you might stay on for one, so it's between two and three years, and then your pay goes up after that, basically. What sort of percentage of the band increases in pay? Some of them are quite big. So like a couple of thousand pound. So on some that might be like 10% nearly, 8%. Right. Yeah, just look at it properly. But some of them are smaller. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Um, and it obviously depends on how much you're earning. So if you're earning 18 grand and then you get an extra two grand, then obviously that's less. Yeah. A, a bigger percentage. I think starting salary for a nurse now is just over 25. It's 25,500, I think. Is it now? Yeah. That's what one of the reports I saw said. Right. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, do you want to hear what Keith Storm's take on it is? Others have also worked through this pandemic, but most public sector workers will have their pay frozen. The Labour leader says they all deserve a rise. The freeze on public sector pay is wrong. We've challenged the government on it. Um, I challenged them in the budget um, response on it, and we'll continue to challenge them on it. So you want pay rises for everyone? You don't want any tax rises? Is that financially responsible? We have to have a plan uh, for the future to rebuild the foundations of our country. You don't do that by freezing the pay of those on the front line throughout this pandemic, public sector workers. He, he, he had a little flub there. He meant to say plan. He said pan. We have to have a plan uh, for the future. To... He says pan. Ugh. That, uh, that was on uh, ITV. Interestingly, Channel 4 edited that bit out. That flub in their coverage. Sorry, I'm just okay, Ben's at my... Ben's muted and Matt's looking at his phone. <laughs> well, I'm just looking. No, you just, just made look up look up my banding. Right. So I'm going to say I'm going to stay on the same wage for two years, and then obviously, if I don't get a, a um, and cost of living increase, and then for one, two, three. Four years, I then stay on the same pay. Right. Mm. And then there's a decent jump, is there? Yeah. Right. Average ICU nurse salary, 53,323 a year. 
entry level, 32 and a half grand. And then wow. top experience around about 78,000. No, that's that's not true. <laughs> that's what I said. For an ITUS unit. No, there's no way that's true. There's no way that I, intensive care nurses are earning band eight. That's like God level in the NHS. I think there's different bands for different areas of the NHS. Oh, there right. isn't. No. So not. Is there just no. one band? Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, there's different bands. So it's band goes from band one or two for some reason to uh, nine, which is band nine is a consultant's pay. Which the top of that is 104. Yeah, but the consultant uh, doesn't earn the same pay bands as a nurse. There are different levels. No, for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So okay, it, that might be private, actually. <laughs> I'm on the same the same Google page in conflicting things. Well, the thing uh, I've started using DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. most nurses, well, if, when you start as a nurse, you start on band five, right? And then normally what happens is you do a little bit of training and you get start getting paid band six, and then band seven is normally like a matron. So you start going into management. Oh, matron. Normally. And then, like, you get some super rare nurses that manage loads of shit. Might be on band 8A mm-hmm. and maybe band 8B. Right. But anything above that, just being a nurse, I would say no chance. Yeah. Band 5, 36, 7, 3, 8 a year. That's in London. Yeah, that's... Intensive care. That's the top, and that's because it's got a London weight. So the top of band five is thirty thousand six hundred and fifteen pound every month. Uh, yeah, there's one below here in Bristol for thirty thirty thousand six hundred and fifteen. So that that's right. That initial one that I said, where the median is fifty three, but it must be London because that's the entry for. A, so band five thirty. No, it's that is not an entry level. That's li- you've been lied to by the internet. The bottom of band five is twenty four nine oh seven. Oh right, well maybe you on. don't start at the bottom of band five when you're in the ICU. Uh you will do. Unless I don't know, there might be different rules for different jobs, but I, I, in my experience, that is not true. It's I not enough know. anyway. Fifty three <laughs> grand a year. <laughs> well, the unions are campaigning. The uh, nurses' unions campaigning for twelve and a half percent increase. Wow. Yeah, that's to make up for the, the the pay freeze, isn't it, though? Yeah. Yeah, to make up for the, since, I guess, the financial crash? Yeah, was it so after ten, that? Yeah, so the pay was frozen for years and then set to 1% for years, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, the public sector doesn't make any profit, does it? So it's, it's a bit difficult to kind of dish well, out money, isn't it? What they do is they say, or the unions say, that it should match inflation. Yeah, like pensions. Yeah, the triple luck. Whatever's higher. There's a a campaign being started for a slow hand clap on Thursday. (laughs) What, one hand? Have you heard about this? No, thank God. No, are you not going to get out on your doorstep on Thursday at 8 o'clock and do a slow hand clap for the 1% pay rise? No. So it doesn't make any difference. Every year this happens, no matter whether there's a pandemic or there or there is, 
The government suggests a pay increase. The nurses' union says, no, that's shit. Pay us all this money you owe us for freezing our pay and whatever because inflation went up. And it just happens every year. And then it goes away. And then they come to the next pay deal. And it all starts again. I think there is a genuine concern that uh, we are going to start hemorrhaging nurses from the industry. It's already happening. It's already right? happening. Well, so, then, is that not an argument to Well, this is why... More? The, yeah, this is why the, the NHS. Pay. <laughs> well, there's that. But the pay... The, what they did is when they... Um, about two or three years ago, what they did is they, they restructured the pay bands. So you used to start as a qualified nurse on, like, 21 or 22... And what they did is they shifted up the pay bands a bit and squeezed them all together and made less increments. Um, so, you, so the top of the scale is still pretty similar to what it used to be. But you start, instead of starting on 22, you start on 24 or something like that, mm-hmm. basically. And that's what they did. I've got um, uh, and uh, one of the union nurse union reps was on the news. I've got a little clip from her. This nursing union official says many are prepared to swap the front line for the picket line. Anger leads to passion and passion leads to action. And I feel like there is going to be a lot of action in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think she got it wrong. Uh, Let's hear it again. Hang on. Anger leads to passion and passion leads to action. I think she meant to say this. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do if she's working in an ITU ward and not going into work. It'll lead to suffering, won't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's a legitimate concern. I know from personal experience that there are experiences, experienced nurses looking to get out. Yeah, I don't and blame them. A lot of it is because of the understaffing and all the PPE is a big issue. It's it's yeah. it's physically draining having to wear all that stuff and changing it all the time and yeah, I imagine the yeah. job has got a lot harder because of the mitigation measures that have been put in place. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, sticking with the uh, the healthcare workers, you know my mate Doctor Hillary from Good Morning Britain. Mm. Um, he was on Good Morning Britain this week, and um, well, we all know his uh, thoughts on. The vaccine, don't we? I wish we could vaccinate against stupidity. Um, but he got into a bit of hot bother this week. Let's see. Uh, and it's to do with this these reports that have been coming out. Apparently, there was an article, I think, in the Mail saying that somewhere around 200,000 health and social workers were refusing the jab, uh, which he finds quite appalling. And he got into a bit of hot bother over these comments on Good Morning Britain this week. I've talked about this a lot, but I'm appalled by this. And I really think it's not acceptable. And if you work in NHS and care work, 
and you're a potential risk to the people you're caring for, you either have the jab or you don't go to work, I, I think. Look, we, we, we know that uh, about 450 or, or more um, COVID cases a day are acquired in hospitals. So if you've got staff who are potentially uh, able to transmit the virus to you, they shouldn't be in that hospital. Would you expect a surgeon to operate on you if they were HIV positive? Would you expect a surgeon to operate if you uh, hepatitis B positive? No, they're not allowed to. No, they're not allowed to. Let's uh, fast forward. True? Fast forward 24 hours. Good morning, Britain. Dr. Hillary. I want to return to something that we talked about yesterday. We yeah. were talking about healthcare professionals and doctors in hospitals with a potential transmissible infection that they're carrying that could put their patients at risk. And I made an error. So I, I said I, I made a clumsy comparison with people carrying COVID with people who are living with HIV or hepatitis B uh, not being able to operate on patients. They can, of course, they have since 2013 been able to operate and, and carry out surgical procedures, providing they're safe safeguarding procedures and, and prevention and uh, infection control in place Ooh. to do this. And this is the Public Health England advice, it's the Department of Health advice, um, and no reason they can't operate. Because when they're treated and their viral load is almost zero, they can do this safely. I was talking about back in the day when they weren't treated, and, and I need to make that clear and apologise to anybody who was offended by that. Apology accepted, Captain Nida. <laughs> Yeah, clumsy. Yeah. This is the fucking expert that's dragged on TV every morning on Good Morning Britain. He's, he's not an expert, is he? Was What's he doing there, it? then? What, exactly. He's just a vox pop, isn't he? It's a fucking... Anal swab test. For... <laughs> it's a fucking... Anal swab test. For... Yeah, I know. It's awful. Yeah. When was the last time he actually treated someone? 1986, maybe? <laughs> exactly. When he was Oh dear, so back in the old days, <laughs> when there was this stigma attached to people who had HIV. Just sawing off limbs, give them some rum. Do you know? <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking anal swab. Uh, so why? Why is this happening, Dr. Hillary? Why are hundreds of thousands of, of healthcare oh, and social care staff refusing the vaccine? Let's hear his pearls of wisdom. You know, unless I'm at extreme risk, I shouldn't I, I think it. there's a huge job of education to be done. So a lot of people are from BAME communities, so they have, they have um, a reluctance which could, be, uh, which could be changed through education. Mm. And you've got lots of religious leaders you know, showing the way and saying, no, look, it's, we want you to have the vaccine and for these reasons. So there's an education job to be done. We know that... Re-education, I think he meant to say. Polish people. I was just going to say, he's saying BAME and then religion. Mm. They're not the same. No. I could be a Muslim. <laughs> I'm, not, exactly. I'm not BAME. You don't have to be brown. <laughs> no. Sweeping generalisations. Yeah. That guy looks oh, different than me, <laughs> so he must be one of them. <laughs> Those, those BAME fellows <laughs> who don't want the it's vaccine. Yeah. It's just not fucking helpful, is it? No. no. Anyway, it gets better. <laughs> For example, I'm told that Polish people have a, a, an almost sort of ingrained distrust of the state. What? Polish people have an ingrained distrust of the state. You know how he wants to vaccinate people against stupidity? I'd like to vaccinate <laughs> people against historical illiteracy. 
Why on earth might Polish people have an ingrained mistrust of the state? This guy's a fucking retard. Liabilities, he's broken, isn't he? My mum would be lapping this up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and therefore they need to be educated that this is something... Re-educated. ...something that oh, doctors yes. want them to do for their own protection and for the protection of their patients. Yeah. Read a fucking history book, you moron. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's just a fucking idiot. But it's a, it provides material for the podcast, so... Yeah. yeah, when's it coming on? <laughs> Fuck me. I, I, yeah, we could probably get banned off YouTube. Probably put his foot on it, wouldn't he? Probably say darky or something. <laughs> Fucking idiot. He's, he's backwards. Uh, interesting report this week from DW about obesity and the links between obesity and... Oh, uh, Deutsche Welle. <laughs> what? He's a Deutsche fella. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's fucking hard work, this anchor as well. I've not heard this one before, but... Oh, God. Is it just, like, go to the um, the academy? Because <laughs> a trainee, no, no cheaper. Yeah. Bend over for your... <laughs> Anal swab test. For... <laughs> All right, let's see a Deutsche fella. A new global study shows that countries with high obesity levels have far higher death rates from COVID-19. The report from the World Obesity Federation found that the COVID death rate is 10 times higher in countries where more than half, a, half the population are overweight. The study does not address who catches the coronavirus, but who dies from it. The authors are calling for people living with obesity to be given vaccination priority. Olivia Barata-Cavalcante is joining me now, the Director of Sciences, Science and Programs at the World Obesity Federation. Joining, she joins us from uh, London. Uh, tell us more about the study findings. Um, has this been an overlooked factor in looking at COVID mortality? <laughs> So in the last year, we have been studying this at rapid pace, and we have been finding associations between obesity and COVID-19 complications in the last few months from studies from several countries. I think what our report shows is that 90% of all COVID-19-related deaths happen in countries that had at least 50% of their population with overweight or obesity. Just to repeat that, 90% of deaths occur in countries with over 50% of the population being clinically obese. Three of the most obese, the three most obese countries in the world, I believe, America. US, UK, Belgium. Belgium. Right. It's all that beer and chocolate, isn't it? Waffles. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, you know, we should have locked down sooner and harder. <laughs> Well, there is that, isn't there? But it, I suppose it's the other comparisons as well. So what are the countries that are the least obese? So like China. China. Japan. Okay. North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I was thinking is the other the other sort of thing in there is, you know, fat old people. So if there's not as many old people in the country that you live in, you know, there's a, there's a younger death. Uh, uh, sort of uh, average lifespan. It depends um, how you look after your old people. So in Japan, mm. they have a really sophisticated program of um, elderly healthcare. Mm-hmm. They get state, I believe they get state paid for 
vitamin supplements and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the older Japanese diet is yeah, really fish. healthy. Mm-hmm. Fish and rice. They're not obese. Yeah. I think a lot of this just comes down to fucking basic metabolic health. Mm. And if you have a really old, fucked population, you're going to have a really high death rate. Mm. But, you know, it's going to take years to muddle through this fucking quagmire of data, isn't it? Before we can really make any concrete or informed decisions or uh, conclusions. It's just another sort of, another data point, isn't it? You know, yeah. if the 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 more overweight your population is, it seems that the higher your death rate is going to be. There's uh, lots of like other stuff that that kind of ties in with being overweight as well. Obviously, diabetes um, and and some heart other disease. Sort of co- yeah, heart disease, um, blood high blood pressure, mm. atherosclerosis. I don't um, think it's controversial to say that if you're really overweight or obese. Your life expectancy goes down. No, I don't think you're, no. un- you're unhealthy. So yes, getting a, a, a diff- another disease on top of that is going to make you more susceptible, isn't it? You think yeah. so? You know, but we don't so, see. We don't look at things in this sort of holistic manner, do we? We look at what can what drug can I give you to help? This well, that's, disease yeah. you have. That's often the the, the uh, sort of criticism of the NHS is that it's all kind of siloed and departments aren't very good at working with each other. Well, I think it's a cheaper to prescribe gym memberships in a lot of cases. Tried it, prescribe it. We've got to take it up, good. though. Yeah. How how much more difficult is it to go to the gym for an hour five times a week than it is to take a statin? I'll tell you one one success story we do have is something like Heartbeat, Mm. which is a charity that targets people who have had bypass surgery, Mm. yeah, heart surgery, whatever, and they, my dad goes, and he loves it. It's a Mm. social thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he loves. He likes to have a, a crack with the instructors and wind them up and stuff. I suppose there's you know, it's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> rolling around on the floor. <laughs> you know, fibrillator in every corner of the room. <laughs> we could, you know, what about rolling out something like that? Would that be? There's Weight know? Watchers, though, isn't it? I know it's private, or whatever. But this is a thing. But it is. It, it's easier to prevent stuff than it is, and cheaper to prevent things than it is to pay for aftercare. I think we have a problem of short-term thinking in healthcare, don't we? We, Exactly, yeah. We're we're looking for quick fixes to the impending crisis, the next crisis on the horizon. Exactly. Whereas I think some of maybe our more successful European friends plan a bit more, you know, there is a more holistic attitude towards healthcare and that it's not something you do at the end of your life to keep you alive. It's something that started in youth and is follows yeah. you through your life, which we don't have. We don't have anything like that here. No. I don't know. You got to. But at the end of the day, it comes down to personal responsibility, and I'm I'm all for that. If you want to go and have Big Mac every day for your breakfast, 
that's that's fine with me. That's what you want to do. Maybe it's an education thing. I don't know. Well, if you, I'm uh, sat here smoking uh, and drinking. <laughs> you're choosing to take the risk, though, aren't you? I mean, you've you've obviously performed a risk assessment before smoking and drinking or whatever, um, and you've deemed that risk to be acceptable. I suppose that I was going to say, but smoking is an addiction. But I think those other things like sugar. You can be addicted to sugar. Absolutely, yeah. More, I possibly more addictive than than smoking. Mm, possibly, I don't know. I'll, I saw. I'll, doc- I'm going to hang my hat. I'll die on that hill. I saw a documentary. <laughs> I saw a documentary once of a woman who was addicted to chewing her child's used nappies. <laughs> more addictive to, than smoking. She used to carry him. Keep, she always had one with her, always had one in her purse. And there was something, some psychological trigger, or probably anxiety or something, and she would pull one out and just just, just gnaw on it, the used nappy. She wouldn't Solid. open it out. She wouldn't, Yeah, yeah, turds in it. But she wouldn't open it, and it just the outside of the nappy. When it, do, you know, do you remember the, te- the technique for balling up a, na- a used nappy yeah. with the yeah, strap? Yeah. And she would just have them. She'd just pick one out and just, just gnaw on it. That's almost like a comforter, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's a psychological thing. I, I guess the thing is with smoking is there is yeah. definitely a physical component to the addiction. Yeah, that's what, what she... That's like classical conditioning, what she's... Stimulus and response. Mm. So yeah. She, she feels anxious, so she does this, and it's become associated with her calming down, basically. Smoking is a... a double threat isn't there there's a yes, psychological there addiction and a physical addiction yeah so the nicotine is actually doing something isn't it in your brain mm. your nervous system anyway <laughs> <laughs> i was uh watching unheard this week and uh, they had lord sumption on have you heard of lord sumption is he got some gumption he certainly has that's, got some. That's just an assumption. <laughs> Let's not be trumpeting. Your assumption of Lord Sumption's gumption is correct because he is a retired Supreme Court justice. Right. And uh, he's been one of the government's most outspoken critics on the corona <laughs> measures. Right. Okay. Uh, the despotic you, laws. Has he um, come out and said that the... The fines are basically unenforceable because there's no specified limit. <laughs> Not better than that. I've right. got um, I've got a, two clips now. I'll play the first one. This is quite long. It's a two minute clips. The Ooh. thing is, th- this guy is. is I, I, sorry, sorry. Go on. No, I'm just going to say I'll try and concentrate <laughs> for two minutes. The thing is, is a is a thoughtful, erudite, eloquent guy. He's not a soundbite guy. And I would recommend that everyone goes and watch the full interview. It's about three quarters of an hour long because he understands nuance and uh, he has a point of view which is worth listening to. And so he he isn't clippable like the usual tripe we get on media. Like Dr. Hillary. You can't just listen to five minutes and get five diamond clips out of him. The guy's thoughtful and worth listening to, so it's two minutes long, so I apologise, but it's worth listening to. 
I do not like a world in which you have to produce a document in order to justify... Sorry, uh, this is... The conversation went all across the COVID scenario that we're in, but this clip is salient to vaccine passports. I do not like a world in which you have to produce a document in order to justify partaking in the ordinary um, activities of human existence any more than the next person. The trouble is that the alternative is even worse. Uh, I would prefer a system which was entirely voluntary and which trusted people. But uh, given that I don't think that that is a politically feasible option, I think that we have got to choose the least bad thing. And to my mind, a vaccine passport is a lot less bad than simply indiscriminately depriving everybody of what makes life worth living. Are you not worried that it's actually quite a major change in the way we run our society to suddenly say that every human being needs to take the latest government-mandated vaccine and produce a document to prove it? Otherwise, they are essentially outcasts. They may not be able to go to a restaurant, get on an airplane, go to the cinema... That sounds like quite a big step. Yes, it is. And I think it's a regrettable step. Um, And if people were prepared to trust each other uh, and to rely on non-coercive measures, we wouldn't need it. Uh, But uh, I recognise that most of my fellow citizens want coercive measures. uh, And therefore, it is incumbent on us, I think, to think of the least intrusive and the least objectionable coercive measures. But it's that essentially is tantamount to a, a compulsory vaccine then. I mean, you can say, oh, it's voluntary. You don't need to ever step foot in a restaurant or a cinema ever again if you don't want to take it. But essentially it's saying it's a compulsory vaccine. I think there is a difference, uh, but I think that it's very similar. And I, you know, I regret this, but I think a compulsory vaccine is a lot better than compulsory house arrest. Is a realist... He understands the political situation that our government is in, that they can't get out of. And so he sees that the only way out, that this is the the, the least bad of the, the two options, having this uh, vaccine passport, if you want to partake in society going forward. Mm. Yeah, it's... It's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I I know that you, in a, it's not unheard of. So in order to travel to certain areas, you need things like yellow fever vaccine certificates, things like that. I think maybe before our time, there was also similar for other, maybe smallpox or, or whatever, there was requirements for certification in order to travel. I don't think it's ever been as sort of widespread as you, you know. You need, you definitely need it to do anything. Like, like your man was saying there, go to um, the pub, go to the theatre or the pub or whatever. Do you not see that happening? <sighs> yeah, I do. I think. I mean, they're already talking about festivals this year requiring. Mm-hmm. You know, Ian Brown has pulled out of one of the festivals because they've said that all artists have to be vaccinated. I think it's going to be the same for people who want. We want tickets. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's unusual. It's different. Yeah, it's he... better than the lockdown <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> I do agree with him in that sense. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in a position where I've had to have vaccines in order to work. So that's, you know, that's lived experience. But I know I understand the reasons behind that. And it's due to the fact I was working so close with... Yeah, it's the nature of the job. Exactly. And you I, you either accept that or you don't. And if you don't, then it becomes very difficult to do your job. And, and rightly so, if you can't do your job properly, there comes a point where you, you can't do your job at all. Um, so I've, you know, I've, I've been in situations where I've had vaccines and been able to continue to work. Um, that made sense for me at the time because, because of, like you say, the nature of the job, but like plumbers, like we've heard Pimlico plumbers in London, they're, they're saying no jab, no job. Um, obviously that's, that is definitely unheard of. I don't think, I don't think plumbers, um, working grade A clean rooms very often. Yeah, that happens in Australia in certain jobs. No job, no job. Mm. He makes a really interesting point in the uh, interview about how our, our laws are built on convention. So mm. there's nothing stopping a government with a majority implement, implementing any law that it wants. It could make... Uh, green M&M's illegal tomorrow if it has a majority. But the thing that holds it back is convention. We don't have a constitution. We don't have constitutional rights like they have in the States that are protected, that are sacrosanct. The only thing that holds the government back is convention. And once you break a convention, that's it. It's gone. Floodgates open. Five years when the next pandemic hits... All this is back. All this is on the table as an option. Yeah. House arrest. No right to protest. That's the weird thing. Is what it means for the future, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, but people are. You know, I'm getting eighty percent of my pay to stay at home, so I don't give a shit. Yeah, well, they will do it when the fucking furlough finishes and everyone gets made redundant. Well, that was an, an interesting point from the budget. Furlough's been extended till September. I know, September, I can't believe that. How long can they keep paying everyone's salary for? They've got to rip the band-aid off, man. I know. But they can't, because they're fucking politicians. They don't give a shit. What's, mm. gonna, what's most likely to get me elected next time? They don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck about you, or your job, or your kids. Mm. What's best for me to get elected next time? And this is the problem we're going to have... The only thing that can repair this convention that's been broken up, been broken is the public inquiry when that comes. And it will come. Maybe in two years, who knows? They take a long time. And if this government's still in power and they have they will want to cover their backs. And Sage, the fuckers who dragged us into this, they'll want to cover their arses as well. So they'll do ev- anything to get rid of any evidence that suggests that this was unnecessary and it created more harm mm. than, say, you know, voluntary measures. Everything's so recorded, though, now. I mean, surely that's, that's an impossible, impossible task. They have, they have, they're the gatekeepers. Who knows? Who knows how it, how it'll work? 
But that's the only way we get out of this, is if the public inquiry shows that this was a fuck-up. And maybe it won't be. Maybe this was the right course of action. I disagree with it all on principle, but, you know, we'll see. be interesting to see the fallout of this, because it's going to go on for years. You thought Brexit was a was dragged out. I thought that was our generation's thing that yeah. I'm going to have to think about for the rest of my life. I don't think we've seen out yet. I've got a one uh, one little clip from Sumption. One part that was actually clippable, which you might like. Sometimes the most public-spirited thing that you can do with despotic laws like these is to ignore them. I think that if the government persists long enough with locking people down, depending on the severity of the lockdown, uh, civil disobedience is likely to be the result. Sometimes the most public-spirited thing that you can do with despotic laws like these is to ignore them. Don't follow unjust orders. Have you seen that um, 41% of over 80s who've been vaccinated are now (laughs) breaking lockdown rules? Mm. Good. Mm. Otherwise, what was the point? Exactly, yeah. 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 He he talks about this as well, that the government's got themselves in this position where being vaccinated matters... And doesn't matter at the same time. (laughs) Schrodinger's vaccine. This logical fallacy. It's absolutely mental, that, isn't it? You should watch it. Everyone listening, you should watch this interview on Unheard with Lord Sumption. It's really good. Mm. Uh, It makes the moral case for disobeying the laws. This is a retired Supreme Court justice. Well, there is. uh, Judges are quite renowned for being, um, I don't know, Rebellious, I suppose. I don't know what's the right term, but saying things like this, basically, because that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get out of this alive. I wish we could vaccinate against stupidity. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, did you see um, the the Scouse lady, the Scouse old lady in the uh, retirement home get a telegram from the Queen? No. Now, we have a we have a tradition in this country that when you reach 100 years of age, you get a telegram from the Queen, a personal telegram, congratulating you. And I think this is, might be becoming a pain in the ass for Liz because there's more and more coffin dodgers yeah. making it to 100 now, isn't there? Yeah, there's quite an interesting statistic behind that, if you, if yeah. you bothered Googling it, about when she first became Queen, how many she sent compared to now. It's like gone up a thousandfold or something. <laughs> That's all she does. <laughs> know, yeah. Anyway, I've got this uh, this clip that was going around from this uh, this old deer, and um, I'll paint the picture for you. Someone's holding the camera, and uh, it's in the nursing home, and she's there, and the care worker's there with the card, and uh, obviously her eyesight must be going, so she reads out the card to her from from uh, Queen Elizabeth II, and her reaction is fantastic. She had a nice pink coat on. I'm so pleased to know that you are celebrating your 100th birthday on the 15th of January 2021. I send my congratulations and best wishes to you on such a special occasion. Elizabeth. 
She doesn't give one shout. She doesn't give one shout. It's true. Is that an English thing? Shite? Shite. Yeah, I think so, so, yeah. You don't hear that, that in American movies, do you? No, yeah. I think it's a, uh, a Northwest thing as well, mm. I would say. Yeah, Manchester and, and uh, Liverpool. And, shite. And Lancashire. Yeah. I remember, I've always said shite. I've, I've been saying shite for years. Yeah, since you're like four. Yeah, you hear it on the terraces. Yeah, shite absolute dogs. shite. Sean Gregan, you fucking shite. <laughs> Beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, I made me chuckle out. It's worth it. I might put the uh, link to the video on the in the show notes. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I'm getting bored and we want to have fun. <laughs> is, that, is that all the 80 year olds now read the standing orders read them and understand them yeah all the 80 year olds breaking covid rules yeah I know yeah. what are we going to do about good on them yeah definitely this is a, yeah I don't know yeah uh, going back to Lord Sumption he says like there is a point where each individual decides where their line is, what they will Draw take, line. and they will make yeah. a moral decision that this isn't for them anymore. And he said, like, it won't be like a snap. There won't be this snap. It's not about protests and people on with mm. megaphones. It's individuals rejecting and saying that they comply, but acting another way. Yeah. Sounds familiar. I thought uh, I just uh, did a little clip of my fantastic ability of doing South African accents from last week. Oh, don't. Sorry, can't say, I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, that's awful. Sorry, can't say, I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. <laughs> I, thought, I can't oh, place mate. that at all. <laughs> no, I can't do it. You're not playing this real mask. I believe that's what they call an international accent. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? When I said the first sorry, I actually went for it. And then I realised <laughs> that I'm not going to be able to do this. So I'm going to just mash <laughs> as many accents as I can. You'll hear the first like, sorry is like a, a South African, almost a South African sorry. Study. And then, Study. <laughs> Sorry, can't say, I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. <laughs> so I just went for it. Full <laughs> commitment, uh, respect. It's my uh, my missus' birthday tomorrow. Oh, 50. Uh, birthday? 50. <laughs> Postcard from the Queen. <laughs> she don't give a fucking shite. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I won't say how old she is, um, even though she doesn't listen. <laughs> Between 40 and 50, somewhere in that region. Yeah. I can get away with that. 50. <laughs> <laughs> Got her a handbag. Oh. Nice. What, what colour is it? Cream. 
Ooh. Is it functional or fashionable? Are you, uh, you both? God. <laughs> are you going to force some birthday sex on here? Do you mean... Um... Can you drop that seed in her? What, on a Monday? <laughs> no, who has sex on a Monday? <laughs> Not me. It's her birthday. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a, a suitable birthday present would be to leave her alone. Yeah, I was just about to say, I imagine that she'd prefer to be left her own yeah. on her birthday so she can enjoy it. Exactly, she don't want me to... But can you drop that seed in her? <laughs> I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. <laughs> I got a, a charm for a charm bracelet. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it a Pandora's one thing? No, no, it's the uh, Chinese Amazon. Clandora. <laughs> Chandora. <laughs> I got a, she asked for a charm bracelet for Christmas, and I got her a legit one. Right. Pandora one and a couple of charms, one from me and one from the boys. Mm. And uh, so that's uh, it's the gift that keeps giving now. When I'm lost for an idea, what to get her for a Christmas or birthday? What are the charms you've got here? Paperclip. <laughs> uh, well, this new one. Just name three of the. Ch- you've got three charms. I want to know what they are. One is a heart that says mum. Is it anatomically correct? With like aorta and stuff. Ventricles. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the uh cartoon style heart that says mum on it. I got a one uh one from the dog at Christmas who sadly departed. Uh with a I think it was a paw or something. Dog's paw. Okay. And this time I got a um a birthstone. Oh, March. That? Oh hang on, March. So has? No. Aquamarine. Aquamarine. I thought it was February. I have no idea. February is amethyst. What's May? Just start asking for a friend. Fool's gold. Yes. Stone roses. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know what May is. And uh, I've got a coat as well, but that's not coming till next week. Right. Do you know what she does? She sends you a link to something she wants. Okay. And you click on the link and it's not in stock. <laughs> so you've got to find the in, find it off the internet. It's a good system. Put the part number in. It's out of stock everywhere. <laughs> you know that uh, you know that coat you wanted. It's uh, it's not in stock. Why are you waiting to order it now? <laughs> Just, um, um, the one you sent me the link it was the black coat, and then you asked for it in uh, khaki. The the khaki is out of stock in the world. It's not available anywhere. I can get you a size bigger than what you asked for, but it'll be a week after your birthday. All right, that'll do. <laughs> oh, dear. She's hard work. I'm really good. I'm really good at birthdays. I, I can produce a long list of things. Yeah. I've started doing that now. Um... To avoid disappointment. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. My wife has a different kind of. I my my presents are more expensive and classy. Hers are from Poundland, if I sort of say. Oh, just get me some bits of stuff, Pound, cheapest socks, the cheapest toys. You know what, 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 toys, do you, what toys do you get? You know, just shite plastic ones. What? 
What would you think? Spider-Man. Well, one year she got me a fake Nerf gun from Poundland, uh, and it was awful. Now, to be fair, the knockoff Nerf that Smith's Toys do is really good. Well, it's not as good as the actual real-life Nerf gun that she got me this Christmas. My Poundland gun, I mean, I'm talking about. I think it's called X Force or something. (laughs) (laughs) I got uh, I got our oldest a minigun for Christmas, a Nerf minigun. It's amazing. Yeah, I've got one like is it a pump action one? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I got. It was like thirty quid or something. I've not used it for a while because it scares the children. Yeah, it's it's got some force. Yeah. And I'm not allowed to shoot the baby anymore. Do you pretend you're Arnie in T2 at Skynet Labs, where he comes out, he he breaks the windows in the building and then uh, lays waste (laughs) to the cop cars with a minigun? (laughs) No. No? I I get um, my eldest son's biggest dinosaur. I put that at one end of the kitchen and I try and shoot it from the other end of the kitchen, which is seven metres away. And it's travelling at force still. Beyond seven meters, absolutely. Yeah, there's an advert for Nerf today, and it is the longest firing gun. Is I think it? it does 120 meters. Get out of what? here! What? Is it faster than than Bolt as well? Over that distance, Bolt Hussein. Yeah, that one. Okay. Yes, it's faster than a speeding bullet. It's a speeding wow. Nerf dart. Oh. Right, we're right. We done. Are we, are we done then? Good. Thanks, Good. Sir. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. I think it's, uh, isn't it Tell next week? It's Terry Loveless next week, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Oh. I think it is. Zero <laughs> for that. Yeah, it'll be like a... Like a Judgment Day and Terminating mode, like... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's Terry Lovelace. We're going to talk about aliens and alien abduction next week, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. I'll try to stay on the script this time as well. Uh, should be a good uh, union of the unwanted coming out. The recording now, I think, or later tonight as we are recording. So it'll drop the same time as, our, as this show. So I, I think I can give away some spoilers. It's going to be an occult, occult special. Ooh. The Odd Man is going to be there. Ooh. Ken Ami is going to be there. Oh, oh excellent. It's just all of our guests. Jay Dyer is going to be there from InfoWars. All right. Okay. All right. So uh, check that out. Well, n- yeah. now, you've, now you've finished listening to this, check that out because I think it's going to be explosive. I think we should get Ken back on. I I'd love to, to get see, Ken I back want, on. I want to see, look into his eyes again. Yeah, he's great. Nice guy. Mesmerizing. And The Odd Man. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He does a mean Klaus Schwab impersonation. <laughs> does he have a brooch? <laughs> he had the outfit on, like the New World Order Illuminati outfit on when he did his Instagram video. It's hilarious. Oh, right. You've seen that picture of Klaus Schwab in his like Federation yeah. Star, Star, Starfleet Federation yeah. ambassador uniform. Fucking wow! Yeah. I don't know anyway. where we're going with that, yeah. Anal swab tests for... Oh, my God, the f- music's finished. <laughs> <laughs> Too long. Dilly-dallying. Right, see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Wakanda forever. <laughs> I wish we could vaccinate against stupidity. Read them and understand them! Will you stop talking? I can't save you if you're not wearing a face mask. You have no authority here, Jackie. I can't have children with a whole fucking vegan. Oh.